and welcome to the Cage Fight Podcast. This is Chess. Uh, and Mike. This is Taylor. And up on the boards, we got Dave. Stop all the downloading. We have a we have a special guest in the house today. Our yes, first returning guest. Dun, dun. Oh, shit. And then we'll put the sirens in there. Um, <laughs> we got good old fucking George Heffler from uh, Best Little uh, Horror House in Philly in our Best Little Horror House in Millie, even though we're, in, we're not in Milwaukee right now at no, all. We are we're, not. We're, um, we're close enough that if anyone is not from Wisconsin that I tell them I'm from Milwaukee. We, so. we are technically in the metro area of Milwaukee, yes. Barely. So, uh, I, don't, I don't really know if anything about this is metro. I'm sorry. Washington County is part of the metro area. Uh, technically speaking. George, how's it going? <laughs> welcome back to me. Hello. Happy to be here. Yes. Um, welcome back. Thank you for returning. Um, you can't see it, but I'm doing the, like, clasped hands shaking on each side. Oh, yes. Thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. Also, thank you for returning our phone calls, too. We appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Listen, you guys are persistent. Yeah. Uh, you're the only person that has ever spoken to us that uh, returns our phone calls. Um, <laughs> you've... Uh, it per personal or professional phone calls? Uh, well, both, really. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, George is returning for the first time since what, what, you were Snowden on episode, and Lord of War. Yeah, that was Snowden like episode twenty-one, something. A there. very, uh, a very, very contentious, contentious episode. episode. Well, yeah. he, uh, right. he was on the, yeah, he was on the right <laughs> side of history, so I'm glad he's back. <laughs> Um, well, I mean, right. wrong side of cage history. I mean, uh, you know, Jess, you're only right from the protagonist's perspective, because the protagonist of Lord of War was on the wrong side of history, whereas <laughs> Edward Snowden, of course, is. Listen, we have canceled everybody from both movies in that episode, uh, <laughs> and we've canceled George, but we, we have you back on on the other side of being canceled, just to see what that's like. Um, yeah. yeah. Taking so, you down with me. Uh, oh, hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> This is the, the um, interview where you're going to bury your soul and uh, <laughs> get back in everyone's good graces. I have my apology note all open out here. <laughs> it's, it's written on that yellow, the yellow paper. Um, I'm ready to go. I think that it's going to be a, a lot of fun. And, you know, I, I know the last episode was a little controversial, but I'm a controversial figure. What can I say? A lightning rod for, for you know, just making shit pop off. And uh, that's what Nick Cage does, too. And uh, you know, I think that that's that's something that he and I have in common. Mm -hmm. For sure. Absolutely. Um, uh, do you have his hairline in common, too? Or <laughs> Thankfully, no. Oh, yeah, excellent. excellent. <laughs> well, um, I hope this time around um, you choose the path of light. Well, I think that this is going to be a pretty tough episode for me, to be honest, because not to tip my hand too early, but um, I specifically requested one of these movies and oh. then was shocked by how much I enjoyed the other one as well. So this is going to be a tough one for me. I don't even know what I'm going to wind up with at the end of the day. I'll, I'll save my opinions, but my my mind is pretty definitive either way. Um, I'm definitely not voting for Snowden. Um, yeah, I, I will not vote that. for Snowden this episode. I, I'm, I'm don't going worry, to guys. Be... I won't vote for Snowden this time either. <laughs> I'm going to be keeping Snowden the theme. dropping down from the rafters like Sting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And Lord of War dropping down uh, from the rafters where we have retired it, even though, um, <laughs> you know, it wasn't a retirement by choice. It was more of a retirement by injury. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
You know, and that then, happens sometimes to the best of players. <laughs> and to be fair, hey, to be fair so it's far. It's a dangerous business he was in. <laughs> to be fair so far, because the episodes will come out, on our tier list, Lord of War is the second best movie we've eliminated. So, yes. wow. That's really? true. We that's, yeah. kind of, that's surprising to me. We recently... I like uh, it, but... We, we Well, we ranked all the movies that we have eliminated, and it turns right. out a lot of them are shit. Yeah, it, it, it turns out upwards of 80 to 90 percent of them are just pure trash garbage. So it wasn't much yeah, of a contest. Yeah, yeah while I, while I enjoyed uh, Lord of War quite a bit, I, I think it's probably the best movie that we've uh, ever watched. Yes, wow. I agree. Oh, wow. I agree. Okay. I'll be honest. That sentence kind of took a swerve. <laughs> I, I wasn't sure where I was going with that, so I decided to to juke on you, motherfuckers. Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> broke my broke my damn ankles. Well, uh, anyways, today we're going to be talking about the movies Rumblefish and National Treasure. This uh, oh, yeah. this is a, this is a, this is a pretty big one. I actually had not heard of Rumblefish before this, which is surprising. You to can me, even call it a rumble in the jungle between these two foes. Yeah, it's a it's, real it's... rumble in the Bronx in the jungle with a fish. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, now, as everybody knows, Rumblefish obviously refers to Siamese exactly. fighting fish. Siamese yeah, fighting fish. fish. Yeah. <laughs> And I knew that going. I into had it. I had beta fish growing up. Really? Yeah. I had yeah. fish. Whoa, poor guy over here. Hey, you know what? We uh, you need gatherers too. <laughs> well, we, we should get try to get a sigma fish. Going. I was. <laughs> oh, we need a sigma fish. We take an alpha <laughs> fish right. and the lone wolf HGH. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I guess really the the lone wolf kind of sigma figure does apply to the the beta fish, despite the name. So that's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah. That's true. That's well. That was before the beta fish was fully blue pilled or That's whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Un- unclassifiable <laughs> at the time. Um, we we can talk about sigma fishes later, but now we're going to talk about the rumblefish. Okay? Yes, rumblefish. Uh, yes. So rumblefish is a movie that came out in 1983, rated R, and was directed by Francis Ford Coppola, who also directed. Who's movie that? you may have may have heard of called uh, The Godfather, which is widely regarded as a pretty decent flick. I um, believe he also directed the second one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a series of motion pictures. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, the franchise. He's he's the uh, he's making the first comic book franchise, I think. <laughs> the the first cinematic universe. They they call it now. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The Coppola the cinematic universe. Yeah. yeah. The Godfather Godfather cinematic universe. Yeah. I was gonna say the uh, the Brando Jowls cinematic uh, universe. <laughs> yeah. Although I that's think, a wobbly universe. I think we can all agree the PS2 game was the best of that series. The Godfather uh, game? Yeah. Sure. That Nick Weiger worked really on? good. Yeah. It was fun. Uh, it is fun, yeah. It's fun. I, I have never actually played it. I haven't played um, that either. Um, wow, I played it. Yeah, it was fucking fun. rocks. <laughs> Get on my level, bitches. Oh, no, wait, he worked on the Sopranos game. I, I, uh, I retcon my uh, Nick Weiger statement. Um, but <laughs> yeah, uh, Francis Ford Coppola. Um, he also directed The Outsiders the same year as this. So two S.E. Hinton oh, novel yeah. uh, adaptations back to back. Both with Matt Dillon also, hmm. which I, I did not realize that he had Maddie done did. an Outsiders movie, too. Yeah. Yeah. But Francis Ford Coppola, uh, we've talked about him before on the show because he is Nicolas Cage's uncle. Yes. Um, yeah. Wait, what? I know, right? <laughs> if, if it wasn't for his connection <laughs> to Nick Cage, no one would know about him at all, to be honest. Shouldn't his name be Francis director. Ford Cage then? <laughs> yeah. You'd think. You'd think. 
doesn't make any fucking sense. Wait, isn't he? He's Nicholas Coppola in uh, uh, Fast Times. Yeah, yeah, Fast Times. That's yep. right. That's correct. That's right. Yeah, that, well, he changed his name to try and help out his uncle, like get some more <laughs> yeah. name recognition yeah. just yeah. for that role. And then he s- switched well, I, back to I believe he was born Francis Ford Cage, but he changed his last name after he got married. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he was the A first. A real progressive guy. The first feminist, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, it was written by S.E. Hinton, as Mike said, who was the author of the book The Outsiders. That's probably her most known work. Yeah. Um, and also wrote a book called Rumblefish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, it works. She um she did the screenplay in addition to writing the book, which yeah. is interesting. You don't see a lot of authors doing screenplays, but yeah, they uh, apparently while they were working on uh the Outsiders, like Sunday was their day <laughs> off, so they would finish shooting the Outsiders and then get to writing the Rumblefish screenplay uh, hmm. in their downtime. So oh, that's cool. Uh, this was produced by Zotrope Studios, which was founded by Coppola and George Lucas. Oh, shit. Yeah. And uh, it's got a runtime of 94 minutes, a budget of $10 million. Does anyone want to guess red or black on this one? I'm going to guess red. I don't think there's any way this movie made $10 million back. Mm. Oh, I definitely think it did. I'm going to say black on this. Yeah, I'm going to say black as well. Well, Taylor is the only right one. $2.5 million. Uh, I don't only see, I don't see this movie appealing to a lot of people. I really don't. I don't know. I, I, well, I mean, I guess I don't really know the context uh, in terms of uh, like the historical context of how big these actors were at the time. But speaking from my own perspective, like if, if this was playing in like one of the indie theaters here in Philly, I would happily see it. Mm hmm. Yeah, stacked cast on well, this. Well, that's yeah, what I said indie was... theaters, not giant theaters, which $10 million budget is a very large budget in 1982. Yeah, um, that's true. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, it is a little surprising. I thought the, the Coppola name would at least, like, bring in more people, but yeah. maybe it just brought in film nerds and there aren't enough of... of Sorry, I led you astray, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, you know what? Uh, I also saw Apocalypse Now and gave up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I actually have not seen Apocalypse Now. I'm uh, trash. I've, I've not either, to be fair. Um, I have. I've I seen, saw it once. I think this is only the second Coppola. No, I've seen Outsiders. I've seen Godfather and the Outsiders, and that's that's it. I believe this is the very first Francis Ford Coppola movie I've Wait, seen. Wait, you haven't seen The Godfather? Wow. No, I've, I've seen I've, the first I've, one. Oh, whoops. Oh, sorry. No, I, I haven't seen The Godfather, no. Oh, shit. Yeah, okay. But there's another Rally. Coppola movie uh, in our bracket, so we'll be adding that. Wait, uh, what? what is uh, Peggy Sue Got Married. Oh, right, um, right. Taylor, I'm just going to say it. You should check out The Godfather. <laughs> yeah, probably a no, good movie I've, to see. I, I've been putting off movies like that for a while. <laughs> I'll be honest. I have no interest in seeing movies that are critically like acclaimed by everybody. I have no interest in it whatsoever. Hmm. I mean, it's a good movie. Taylor, yeah. the contrarian. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's a good movie, but like, what, what new opinion am I going to have that no one else has had for you a movie like that? What do you, what do you need to have a new opinion for? Why well, can't you just enjoy I mean, the, the movie? I, I don't know. I mean, how long is it? Long. Uh, it is a long I don't know, movie. Probably like two and a half hours. The first one, yeah, I think it's close to three. Yeah, fuck that. I'm not watching that then. I don't, I don't have time for that bullshit. I really don't have time well, for that. Well, I got news for you, my friend. In the uh, the, the first bonus bracket we're going to do, there's going to be a three-hour and 15-minute movie. That no, no, it, this is for the show, though, right? <laughs> yeah, I suppose, yeah. Yes, that's fine. That's fine. I have time for that. Mm. I don't waste my time on leisure time. I only do it for business. <laughs> we'll get to our three-hour epic uh, bracket uh, eventually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Well, anyways, uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, this one got a 74% from the critics and an 80% from audiences. Which that also shocks me, to be honest. I had a feeling that this was going to be way more popular with critics and audiences. Like, way yeah, more popular. Totally. I felt that way, too. But, uh, I don't know. I know a lot of people who really like The Outsiders, or at least I did. I've heard of The Outsiders, but I literally didn't know anything about it until yeah. this episode. Well, I, I know a lot of people who like the book. I, I oh, the never book, met yeah. anybody who knew the movie. Yeah, but, more the book um, than the movie, The movie too, was yeah. uh, a starting point for a lot of uh, young Turks, right? Uh, Tom Cruise is in it. Uh, We're talking about the news agency or the people that literally committed the Armenian genocide. Uh, Another genocide one. Okay, good. Yes. Uh, Tully Pasha was a big fan of The Outsiders. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. Other people are in that movie. Uh, I believe so. I don't remember who. Uh, Matt Dillon also. Well, uh, I, that's all I have for general um, information, Mike. What, what, what do you got for more specified little trivia bits? Um, I got a little bit of uh, trivia for you. Francis Ford Coppola was drawn to Rumblefish um, because he had a strong personal identification uh, with the subject matter because he had a younger brother or uh, it doesn't say if it was if he was younger or older, um, but he basically wanted to fuck his uh, brother, too. Um, (laughs) Okay, cool. Yeah. It's funny to, like how much the ch- the dynamic changes depending on if he was the older or the younger brother. <laughs> well, you know, I think sometimes, Mike, to, to your point earlier, sometimes you do have to keep it all in the family. That's true. That's true. <laughs> you, uh, all in the family. Um, this was a like a passion project for Coppola. Uh, he, I think, he wanted to make this more than The Outsiders, and he said like he would uh, t- give himself a little treat for making The Outsiders uh, by making Rumblefish. Oh, um, daddy. And apparently this is uh, his favorite movie that he has made. His favorite movie? Are you talking about like the production or the actual like quality of it? This apparently is Coppola's favorite movie that, that he made. The, okay, we'll get into it later, but that, that blows my mind to be honest. Well, I know Apocalypse Now was, a, was like a we legendary disaster. We get it, Taylor. You hated this movie. <laughs> No, I didn't say anything. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, like versus like Godfather versus like Apocalypse. Now, some of the most critically acclaimed movies of all time. That's I'm just shocked. That's yeah. all. How can you How can you know if you haven't seen them? Because everybody else has told me <laughs> on Earth. Well, you, how, you can't possibly know without having seen. That's it true. That's very true. Um, and so, uh, <laughs> Warner Brothers passed on this movie uh, after seeing an early cut of The Outsiders. Uh, jokes on them. <laughs> Uh, the striking black and white photography of the film's cinematographer Stephen H. Burham lies in two main sources, uh, the films of Orson Welles and German cinema of the 1920s. So that's, uh, they, they, did, did Coppola say that himself or have people been like, this looks like Citizen Kane and Nosferatu, uh, said that, uh, um, okay. okay. And yeah, and, uh, yeah, it, I, they 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 wanted it to look like uh, Orson Welles in, in German movies because uh, all the people in those movies were colorblind. Um, yes, that's true. That's very true. <laughs> so um, yeah, um, the, the the theme of time passing faster than the characters realize is conveyed through time lapse photography of clouds racing across the sky and numerous shots of clocks. I thought that was interesting. Mm. Um, that is interesting. Uh, Jack Nicholson turned down the role of uh, the father in this movie. Um, so another person who passed. Uh, uh, he, that, I think he would have been good there. <laughs> I would have liked that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but instead we got returning cage fight player, Dennis Hopper. Yeah! Uh, I love Dennis Hopper. Yeah! He does I'm a hophead. Hopheads, stand up. 
Hey. Um, well, if you're a hophead, check out Red Rock West. Yeah. Uh, I will uh, check out Red yeah. Rock West. The movie that is going to be in the next <laughs> round against something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> There's going to be people who like IPAs who go to listen to that episode. <laughs> what the heck? Rolling yeah. Rock West. Um, I don't this, like Rolling Rock. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. This, uh, this yeah, piece... Jen will love that episode, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he always drinks Rolling Rock. Um, this next piece of trivia, I was so happy to see um, because I was thinking of rewatching and counting myself, but the name Rusty James is said uh, hmm. at least 50 times in the movie, approximately once every two minutes. Uh, Rusty James! And, Rusty and, James! And it seriously off, is. Before I get into the plot of this movie, Rusty James is the name of a person who does gay porn but also commits yeah. hate crimes against gay people. Oh, that's <laughs> true. And he's also a NASCAR driver. Yes, very true. Mm. Um, I think, no, and he's got a really big bushy mustache. Yes. That's actually a really interesting piece of trivia to me because obviously so much of this movie is about his identity and lack thereof. And so the fact that people are constantly... Like yelling his name at him when it doesn't really yeah. have any meaning to him. His name it's is said uh, once every two minutes, and his brother doesn't even have a name. Uh, yeah, his now. brother doesn't have so, a name. Rusty James. I don't believe anyone ever just calls him Rusty yeah, or it's, James. It's, it's, it's always Rusty James. Rusty James. And uh, I don't know. We can all relate to having a name said to you repeatedly that is all like weird and you don't identify with, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know what that feels like, Jess. Oh, no. I know okay. what that feels like, because every time I'm friggin' in the bedroom, they're calling me, oh, God. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's been fun. I'm going to head out. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, I have, I have one last one last piece of trivia, and uh, I feel it's relevant to right now. Uh, Mickey Rourke said in an interview that the original cut of this movie was five hours long. Release the Snyder Cut! Wow. Of Rumblefish. I, I, I read that on Wikipedia today, and I was like, oh, my motherfucking God. I really don't have time for that one. Release the Snyder Cut. Um, also, uh, that was Mickey Rourke? Yeah, yeah that was Mickey Rourke. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't realize that I'd never seen young Mickey Rourke. He's oh, hot as fuck. I, I thought it was Kiefer Sutherland for a oh, second. Okay. Like a young he does look a lot like Ethan Sutherland in it. Mm-hmm. He was. I, I thought he kind of looked like Bruce Willis in this movie. Too. Oh yeah, he looks like a, just a generic white actor from the eighties, basically. That's true. But I thought he was a he was a smoke show, <laughs> which is funny because he started off his Ew. career as a boxer. So like at this yeah. point, he should have like a really fucked up face. Well, that's his and excuse then, for he, he ended says, up playing the wrestler. Which that's true. true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He says he's never had uh, any work done. Um, his face looks like that now because. He was a boxer. Um, uh, but hey, Mickey, uh, you're not fooling anybody. Um, hey, hey, Mickey. Also, <laughs> you're so fine. You're so fine. I, I went ahead yeah. and uh, watched one of the worst movies ever made uh, starring Mickey Rourke, uh, Iron Man 2, the other day after watching <laughs> Rumblefish. Um, I think that would be a fair statement about Mickey Rourke's no. career. Here's, and, my, here's my hot take is I don't hate Iron Man 2. <laughs> n- I've never seen it, to be fair. I can't there, really say too well, much about it. Well, there's a scene it. in... Iron Man 2, where they they show like uh, what is supposed to be old photos of Mickey Rourke's character, and instead of using old photos of Mickey Rourke, uh, they It'd be they way too hot for that. <laughs> yeah, they just kind of like de-aged his fucked up face. Uh, <laughs> my boy, which that I rocks. thought I need my boy. That's <laughs> fascinating. That rocks. Um, yeah. Um, I like Sam Rockwell a lot in that movie. That's pretty much why I like it. 
Yeah, that's, I can't that's, that's really speak on Iron Man 2. I have seen it, but it was more like it was playing in the background while I was talking to people and I wasn't really paying attention. Yeah, but uh, it, that's that's about the respect it deserves, honestly. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's not great. Um, it's, I, mean, it's, I mean, yeah, I don't hate it. I don't love it, but it, I mean, it's, it's fine. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Um, no, that's fair. That's fair. That should be everybody's opinion about every MC universe movie. <laughs> that's yeah. true. It's, it's, that's it's pretty much good, where I laugh. It's where good I background land. noise. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's uh, junk food. Uh, Very much so. But Marty Marty was right. Hashtag Marty was right. <laughs> Marty was right. Also, we have a Marty movie coming up soon. Shout out, bringing out the dead. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that app. But I will say. It just uh, one last thing on Iron Man two. Um, <laughs> if you're gonna if you're gonna make the mistake of uh, 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 marathoning uh, twenty plus two hour plus movies, uh, when you get to Iron Man two, it's gonna feel like a real slog because it's like three movies in and uh, it's probably the worst one. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Um, but release the Snyder cut of Rumblefish. Yeah, um, I'm into that. HBO. Let's see it. HBO, if you're listening, uh, get the Coppola cut. You know, I'd rather get the Michael Bay cut of this movie. <laughs> yeah. Honestly? Wait, what if they what if they did reshoots with Mickey Rourke now? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not motorcycle boy, I'm motorcycle man now. It's like, listen, it'll look fine in black and white. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't really, I don't know about that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Nick, I'm not positive. Look, I don't want to. I don't want to make anybody feel bad about their appearance, uh, except Mickey Rourke. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna Have you seen the Aww. photo of him on Wikipedia? Is kind of hilarious. He's wearing like a fedora. I know. Yep, I see that one. It's funny. Oh, Matt Dillon still looks good, though. Matt mm. Dillon does still look good. He was just in uh, the house that Jack built. That movie kicked butt. I haven't seen that. It was fun. He's a serial killer in it. Oh shit! Spoiler. Uh, also, uh, it's three hours though, so sorry everyone. Oh man, you keep mentioning movies that are like, man, Taylor would really waste his time watching this. I'm not, <laughs> not fucking with you, buddy. Hey, I, I defend a good three-hour movie. Um, hashtag Michael Mansplaining. You have to earn your length, but some some do. I, I earn my length every night. Okay, <laughs> just saying. I'm happy for you. Hell I'm happy yeah. for you. Um, the, so Rumble I'm not talking about my boyfriend, yeah. by Rumb- the way. So. Rumbling fish. I'll get into a plot summary here. So this movie opens with Lawrence Fishburne, who uh, he's Larry at this point. Yeah, at this point in his career, he's still going by Larry. <laughs> I did, I did note that. You also, know, he's like so fucking lanky. And yeah, it, <laughs> yeah. Returning Coppola player. He's in Apocalypse Now. Mm-hmm. Oh shit! Oh shit! Is he okay? Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, you know, I never knew that he went by Larry until uh, I watched The King of New York one day, and yeah. his name's in there, and I was like, Larry Fishburne. Huh. Hey. That's just like Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> and then I watched the movie and see him in it. I'm like, oh. I'm surprised you didn't recognize him first from uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's the fucking cowboy, dude. Damn. I actually have never seen that. <gasps> I, I For shit. For shit. Fucked up. Now, I haven't Man, seen fuck. any Pee Wee related material. A lot of big reveals on this thing. Yeah. <laughs> We're we're really letting it all loose. A lot of cinematic ignorance up in this shit. <laughs> uh, so Lawrence Fishburne walks in and tells Rusty James, Rusty which James. I will always refer to as Rusty James because that is the only and, way he's. And when I to. did first hear his name, I'm like, "You're fucking kidding me! That's really this fucker's name." <laughs> and I just never got over it. They say it like 15 times in the first like. Three minutes of the movie. Yeah, and okay, too, and never mind, I'll let you get through the uh, synopsis so of this part first. Rusty James uh, is told that 
Biff Wilcox wants to meet him that night and fight him because he wants to kill this motherfucker. And uh, so Nicolas Cage, who plays Smokey, is like apprehensive for the rest of them showing up because he doesn't want to cause a rumble, which is a gang fight, essentially. He's not Um, fishing for a rumble. And also, can we talk about his hair in this movie? Nick Cage's hair in this movie is fucking nuts. It's great. I love it. (laughs) Oh, wait, I, I think I should point out, I think this is his first, like, more major film role, isn't it? Well, yeah. is, is he a big... Or would have been Peggy Sue Got Married? Because I think that was, like, his second movie ever. Oh, well, This okay, is after then. Peggy Sue Got Married. Okay, no. Or, I mean, this Peggy is before Sue. Peggy Sue Got Married, sorry. Mm. Um, oh, it is? Okay, gotcha. But what year did fucking Fast Times come out? 82. 82? So this yeah. is, like, a year... He was doing it for, like, a second, though, right? Yeah. 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 This, and, this, and, this is him, like, getting... So he'd have been Screen 18 time, at this yeah, time. Yeah, and this yeah. movie was made in the late in late 82. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was delighted to see that he was in it right away. I wasn't really expecting that. Yeah, you know, I was expecting when I he was wasn't ex- the main character. I was expecting him to make a small cameo and nothing else. Yeah, I was yeah. expecting him to be waiting around for the uh the cage appearance. Yeah, <laughs> pretty <laughs> much. He's in it. He's in it and he's he has a big role. Yeah. So Smokey, yeah, Smokey doesn't want to cause a rumble, and uh, Rusty's friend Steve also tries to convince him not to go, but Rusty will not listen. He's got to follow in his big brother, Motorcycle Boy's <laughs> footsteps, and he wants yeah. to be a big gang leader. And, and yes, we do need to reiterate, his name in the movie is Motorcycle Boy. He does not have a name. He does not have any Motorcycle other Motorcycle Boy reigns. Maybe Motorcycle Boy is his name. Yeah, he, he does reign. <laughs> yeah, his, name, um, his first name is Motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Waits is also, he's oh, the yeah. beatnik bartender yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. I was you know, like, what I, the hell, Tom Waits? I, I legit was like, wait, are they trying to get somebody who sounds like Tom Waits? And then, like you just said, I'm like, oh, that makes a lot of sense then. Okay. Yeah, he he yeah. opened a diner where they only sell a Filipino box spring hog. <laughs> <laughs> That's classic Tom Waits. <laughs> um but uh, so so Rusty James then goes to visit his girlfriend Patty for some couch makeout sessions. Played by oh, Diane Lane. Yeah, yes. Diane Lane. And uh, she tries to convince him to get out of the fight, but he won't have it. No, he's 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 getting in this fight because he's got to be a big gang leader, man. Hey, if you if you get in a fight, I'm gonna stop smooching you, babe. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she sounds like. So yeah, yeah. That classic Diane Lane impression. <laughs> Uh, as he enters the fight, walking up to it, both of them show up with their crews in tow, and uh, Biff pulls out a knife. So it's getting serious. But Rusty James just kind of kicks his ass completely, yeah. uh, just barehanded. I, I did like this scene in this movie. This was a fun scene. This was a fun scene. Also, I want to say this was shot so fucking cool. It it, it just looks yeah. so pretty, like everything that goes on in it. But um, while Rusty James is kicking his ass, suddenly... Who shows up again but Motorcycle Boy? What he the rolls heck? on up. And Where'd he come from? Hell yeah. California. But uh, <laughs> they all pause and are like, whoa, we thought you left town for good. And he's like, well, I'm back. And then That's uh, the thing about being a motorcycle boy. <laughs> <The> motorcycle <laughs> takes the boy wherever he wants to be. <laughs> Within this brief pause, Biff stabs Rusty James. Yeah. With a giant piece of glass. Yeah. From like a broken window or something. And Rusty James goes down. Uh, the, the motorcycle boy is enraged and drives his motorcycle right into Biff. And then everybody scatters. That, that scene blew my mind because the, the way that he flew up in the air, I don't know, it doesn't really look very realistic, I'll be honest. It looked like something out of a, a fucking, like, video game with, uh, um, what's the word for when they have, like, ra- uh, oh, like ragdoll, ragdoll physics? It was like ragdoll <laughs> physics of a movie. I'm like, what the fuck was Hell that? Yeah. 
It was funny though. I liked it. It's stylized, man. <laughs> May, you might even call it style over substance. Ooh. Mm. Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dave. I appreciate that. Uh, so, like, uh, motorcycle boy and Steve help treat Rusty James' stab wound, and Rusty James and Steve talk about how Motorcycle Boy looks real old, like he's like 25 or something. What the heck? And he's like 21. Dude, right? I laughed so hard at that. Oh my god. Well, and you also gotta forget they're like, man, you look fucked up now. There's no way you could look more fucked up in like 40 years, dude. <laughs> Uh, apparently Motorcycle Boy is also colorblind and partially deaf, and people think he's insane. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, to be fair, up until the 90s, if you were disabled, you were considered, like, horrifically insane. That's mm-hmm. true. Uh, well, he, he also d- says that it's not, like, c- colorblind as we know it, that he sees things in black and white, basically. Yeah. Uh, but, like, sometimes a few things are, like, red and blue. and. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. when we get to see through his perspective at the pet store, I was like, ooh. Yeah. yeah. And oh, everybody's fun. basically like, what kind of lunatic would not see color? <laughs> oh, by the way, I didn't include this. They're very racist. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't include this, uh, but there was uh, in the IMDb trivia, somebody said, um, this entire movie's in black and white, except for the fish in the, the pet store. And I was like, that's not trivia. That's just. A fact. That's just in the movie. That's yeah, just, that's just movie. watching the movie. That's the movie. You'll, you'll notice that. Oh, I, did we not mention that the movie is in black and white? Because we should mention yeah, that. Yeah, the movie's in black and white. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There we go. We mentioned it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so. For the, reasons that are convenient to the plot. I don't know about that. I, I think that's a stylistic choice also. That works. Once again, we could talk about style over substance. All right. Oh, shit. But, you guys think that he thinks it's style over substance? <laughs> no, well, you know, I have not spoiled my opinions on this movie yet. We'll get into it. Oh, you later. haven't? Uh, you have not. Not one like I know exactly what you think of this movie. Not one bit. Uh, we'll get into it. But uh, so the next day, Rusty James visits his girlfriend and promises to take her out because he never takes her out. And uh, right. then uh, he he tells off a girl who's been hanging around Motorcycle Boy for being a heroin user. Uh, Smacky using his crap. Yeah, and then at home, Motorcycle Boy asks Rusty, well, why he's fucked up all the time, one way or another. I believe that's a direct quote. Uh, Rusty James has no response. And uh, he's like, I didn't hear you. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, that's the reverse. <laughs> but uh, so their, their father comes home, and their father is apparently an alcoholic, and he's on welfare, and. Uh, I don't know. Rusty says, "Like, hey, at least I'm not living on welfare." As he asks his father for money, which <laughs> I mean, through the chain there, you're living uh, on welfare. Like, uh, that's what want... we call irony. Baby. <laughs> he doesn't want to see it that way, you know. That's what we call the conservative viewpoint. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's only welfare if you abuse it, but if I use it, I'm doing it for good purposes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they all kind of bond as a family and they're drinking MD 2020. I just wanted to point that out. Why I would you not, drink that? I did not realize that. <laughs> what, mad that? dog in it? Yeah, oh, I, I didn't cool. realize that. I don't really drink alcohol. So I, I, yeah. uh, but I've, I've heard of mad dog. I've heard it's yeah. quite bad. Uh, it's candy that'll get you instantly wow. blacked out. From, it's Gators. Like, 
Play uh, my bad dog that. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not hating. I'm just saying it's a good way to get from zero to ruining your life really quickly. <laughs> I, was, I, was really, I was more of a hurricane high grab guy anyway. Mm. I, don't, I, I don't know what that is. Wow. It's a, it's like a 40, like a malt liquor. That okay. was what we drank when we were in college. I was thinking of the New Orleans classic, the hurricane. Mm-hmm. No, this is a uh, uh, two seventy five for <laughs> like oh, forty ounces of like oh, eight shit. and a half percent alcohol. <laughs> but yeah, y'all ever drink wild Irish rose? I have not. Well, what'd you say, Dave? Wild Irish rose. It was like a nineteen percent alcohol Kool Aid that gives you a hangover <laughs> before you ever get drunk. <laughs> that, okay, it was like two dollars and fifty cents. I think that's that that like good shit. I didn't try that. So yeah, well, while they're drinking that, they all have a little bonding moment, and then uh, that night, I think I don't know. Uh, Steve and uh, Rusty James, or no, not Steve, Smokey, Smokey, yes. Nicholas oh, Cage, yeah. Nicholas Cage. <laughs> I mean, it's Nicholas Cage, so why isn't he named that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Smokey Cage, yeah, Smokey Cage, and Rusty James. <laughs> um, Once again, these just very gay porn fucking names here. <laughs> That's fine with me, and there's nothing Look, wrong with it. I'm at just saying. this point in his career, Nicholas Cage is kind of hot. I'll watch them fuck. <laughs> no, listen, okay. There's nothing wrong with having a gay porn name, but you also can't be homophobic, and these guys just look rather homophobic. Also, we I, don't know for certain, and I'll, I'll just pretend they're not. Huh? Most okay, of these, they're all they're all bro- they're in like a brotherhood. Yeah, well, don't, got, uh, okay, so I six, bet they suck each other's dicks. No, for okay, initiation. Six, yeah. six that's months, how you get beat six in. Six months yeah. earlier, you get beat in, baby. But six months earlier, Nick Cage was putting a sign on the back of somebody that says, I am a homo. And now he has a sign that says, we are the homos. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's true. Okay, six months really does change a person. No, but, well, that was in a movie role, all right? And also, <laughs> the I same like character. All the, the actors in this movie. I don't Brad, think it's the same. No, because Brad's bud doesn't have a name. It could have been Smokey. It could, I, yeah, they just seem to roll with different crews here, I think. I don't know. He could have moved <laughs> in the meantime. <laughs> Went to the wrong side of the tracks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, well, I was going to say, maybe not all the actors in this movie at this point, but I feel like a lot of the actors in this movie uh, are one rejected audition away from becoming gay porn stars. <laughs> That's true, <laughs> so, yes. So, um, true. to Rusty James. It's not, I feel like it's so many famous people who are like <laughs> elites already at this point. It's Diane Lane and Nick Cage who has the Coppola name and Dennis <laughs> Hopper and Nick Nolte. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, it's Diane Lane. I kept thinking it was Nathan Lane. And I was like, this bitch doesn't sound anything like Timon. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I can see what's happening. <laughs> so, uh, so, so Smokey Cage and Rusty James, they break into a home and have a party there and have like an orgy with all these girls. Girls. Oh, and yeah, uh, sure but that is. means Rusty James is cheating on his girlfriend. Oh heck? no, you're telling me this guy might be a scumbag? Maybe <gasps> a little bit. Yeah. Oh no, he's treated his girlfriend so well. <laughs> hey, eating ain't cheating, baby. <laughs> I don't think he was eating, though. Yeah, it doesn't strike me as the guy who would eat, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> the next, he's very skinny, too. The next morning, Rusty James gets suspended from school for a week as he keeps getting in fights. And uh, then Patty is found out about his little party and is just fucking pissed at him, tells him to go away and will just not speak to her anymore. So good for her. Um, I actually really liked this, like this, like whole kind of incline here of kind of his support systems all falling out around him. And uh, like he's so self-conscious about being dumb. In this movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, to to be fair, he deserves that. 
he's an unlikable shit ass character. Dude. Well, well, I think, you know, he's got a real he's got not exactly the greatest home life. <laughs> well, he's on. also still got a fucking attitude problem, too. Come on, bud. I, look, I, I'm all I'm saying is that I can kind of understand where he might have developed that attitude. problem. Well, so to be fair, I, I do agree with that. But at the same time, like his brother's like, you know, like everyone in his life's like, you know, man, this probably isn't the fucking life for you. He's like, no, man, fuck you. I'm going to be just like <laughs> my then, brother. And his brother's like, dude, this isn't like you shouldn't do this. Like, fuck you. I'm gonna, I won't do what you tell me. I want your approval. And I'm going to do exactly what you tell me not to do. Well, that's exactly it, is that everyone has their own unique brand of fucked up in this movie. You have alcoholics and heroin users and people who run off to God knows where, like not telling anyone, and people who have no sense of identity, and everyone has, you know, they're all kind of just floating. Yeah. Some people who can't even sure. see color. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some yeah. people can't even see color. The worst yeah. of them. Yeah, that, that's the true drag. It's just terrible. That is the worst. According yes. to the cop, who I'm going to mention shortly, yes, the worst of them. Uh, I'm talking about gay porn looking actor, that cop. I feel like he looks like the exact stereotype of what a cop looks like. I know, they look like yeah. gay porn actors. I wonder they why they cast it. him. They fucking nailed it. They did, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, he he's great. Also, wait, uh, before we leave, I also did want to say that uh, I, I laughed really hard when Matt Dillon was like, when he's leaving the school, and he's like, the only reason I go here is because my friends are here, man. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, he, yeah, man. I, I think he says, you suspend me, I quit. So he, he tries yeah, yeah. the, you he can't like, fire me, I quit. That was really fun. Yeah. yeah um, good for you, Rusty James. But yeah, it, it is a good point that you brought up that he's so self-conscious about being uh, dumb and like his whole support system kind of crumbles apart here because I remember Patty specifically being the only person in the movie who says like, you're not dumb, you're just not smart with words. Um, mm-hmm. So she, yeah. But then he fucked up that relationship by having an orgy. Um, <laughs> a tale as old as time. <laughs> <laughs> we, so, we've all been there, man. Let me tell you. <laughs> And uh, as I was saying, there's a specific cop who I think is called, like, Officer Patterson or something. It's, it's with a P. I don't recall. But, yeah, he keeps harassing Motorcycle Boy. He just has it out for Motorcycle Boy and says he hates him because, uh, quote, you kids all think he's something he's not. That's why mm-hmm. he, he hates him, which is, what, like, able to see color? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> He's not he keeps telling people he can't see colors, but I remember I saw him in a paint store once, and let me fucking tell you. <laughs> he was looking he was at taking those compliments. With- no problem. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hear in his second life he's an interior decorator. <laughs> I did an undercover uh, undercover cop and uh, hired him as a home interior uh, a designer. We found out what you've been doing in California, motorcycle. <laughs> been picking out paint swatches, yeah. honey. You know, I heard you were working on the East Coast, uh, codenamed Martha Stewart, you know her? <laughs> oh, God. Um... But yeah, so CIA uh, informant Martha Stewart to fucking like get Rusty, J- uh, no, uh, Mar- motorcycle boy for lying about being colorblind. That'd be a good bit. That would be. That's a sequel idea. If yeah, I heard one, let's do it. Let's make it. I don't really think there's much We're of a sequel with motorcycle Coppola, boy right? in this movie. <laughs> yeah, no, that uh, actually yeah. that actually already happened in the five hour cope cut. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, yes. <laughs> there was a whole extra movie in Release there. Release the Coppola <laughs> yeah. cut. So, uh, Rusty James, Steve, and Motorcycle Boy go down to the party side of town, and, th- and they start partying. They go out drinking and shit. And during all this, Motorcycle Boy tells Rusty James that he saw their estranged mother while he was out in California. 
or I don't know, is estranged the right word? She she basically yeah. ran out on them. When yeah, they were she, I, that sounds like estranged yeah. to me. Yeah. yeah, she abandoned them. He saw her in California, mm-hmm. and Rusty James was like, "What the heck?" Which makes me think, right? Like, if she left, and she's like the like uh, deadbeat mom, but yet. Dennis Hopper's like the dad who stuck around. Like, imagine how awful of a person she must fucking yeah, be. Like, yeah, how awful I mean, of a parent she must be, I should say. Well, but uh, you might also consider the fact that I, I was, because I was thinking the same thing. And I was like, well, what if she was like trying to get out from underneath? Mm-hmm. And like, we don't, we have no idea what Dennis Hopper was like in that relationship. Yeah. And uh, I just, I was like trying to, trying to imagine it from her perspective. And uh, certainly it's not ideal to leave your two children behind. Um, but, uh, you know, I think it, it is interesting to consider that, uh, you know, it's not a very nice life had and who knows what she's got going on in Cali, baby. Well, yeah, apparently she, she could be a big name a, star over there. You she, don't know. She's living with a movie producer is what uh, oh, yeah, motorcycle right. boy says. So. A certain kind of movie producer, if you know what His I mean. His name is... Roman Fred. Polanski. Oh, God. Yes. Oh, my God. He's dun, got a dun, friend dun, named Charlie. Uh, or... I, don't, I don't know. What the fuck? That's, um, that's not my I don't even know what that's a reference to. <laughs> uh, his wife was murdered by but, Charles Manson's gang. Yes. yes. Sharon uh, I don't think he was friends with oh. Charles. Well, I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't remember. You do have to couch. There was a reason why. Charles Manson's gang killed Sharon Tate, though. The Manson family. I, I don't know. His because she plot. took off her shoes in a movie theater. Listen, no one's in it. No one's 100% innocent. <laughs> That's all I'm saying, okay? <laughs> okay. God. Are you are you defending the Manson family now? Take that, the corpse of Sharon Tate. <laughs> Listen, all I'm saying is that no one's 100% innocent, all right? That's hey, all hey, I'm saying. All okay. I'm saying is if they were a gang, they wouldn't be calling themselves a family, you know? Yeah, exactly. you can't you, you can't do anything bad as a family. That's true, yeah. <laughs> well... It's been really nice getting to be on this show twice before the Tate estate shuts you down. <laughs> uh, oh, Hold on. Olive Garden, when you're here, you're in the Manson family. <laughs> um, oh, my God. Uh, so Rusty is very interested to hear more about his mother, and he's also pissed that Motorcycle Boy hadn't told him earlier, like when yeah. he got back. He's got a lot of pain in this movie. Mm-hmm. I think, I look, uh, clearly some of us think that this is style over substance, but I think that... Uh, who, who is Matt that? Dillon, who said that? I, look, Dave, I'm not going to point Dave any fingers that. Yes, here. yes, Dave said that. I'm not going to point any fingers, but <laughs> I do think that Matt Dillon is really bringing a lot to this role, and... You know, I, I I haven't seen a ton of Matt Dillon performances. Um, I like I said, I, I like the house that Jack built, but I, I was really kind of surprised with the pathos that I felt like he was bringing. And and in in these uh, scenes that you're talking about here, where he's trying to like learn more about his mother, and and you know, you can kind of see how much he's hurting. I, I was really impressed yeah! by the performance. Yeah, Matt Dillon is a guy that I think of uh, still as the guy from There's Something About Mary, which is a movie. Also, like you, me, and Dupree, I think. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And There's Something About Mary is a movie that I really like, but I have never, I guess, really considered Matt Dillon like a good actor. I didn't even know Uh, he was fucking in that movie, to be honest. Yeah. Um, But it turns out he's got some chops. Yeah, so so after after telling the story, Motorcycle Boy kind of leaves without telling the others. And uh, Rusty and Steve walk home alone down a dark alleyway, which is always a brilliant idea oh, in yeah. the middle uh, of the night. Sounds uh, like a Tom Waits song. <laughs> yeah. 
And uh, Rusty is incredibly drunk. He has to lean on Steve to be able to walk. Lean on Steve. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they get mugged. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, that coming. Rusty James gets hit over the head with like a tire iron, and he seems I... to have like a near death out of body experience. Yeah, that that scene was great. That was yeah, really cool. I the, loved it. The Not, shot of him like the out of body experience part is great, but just seeing him actually yeah. get physically assaulted, I was very happy about. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the shot where he like falls and the blood starts pouring out of his forehead, I thought was fucking beautiful. Oh, and yeah. you know, I did see that. I'm like, wait, is he dead? Is he dead? And then he still lives. I'm like, man, fuck. <laughs> and then he's he's in a he he's in a music video for a second. Yes, he is floating around. I will say the the out of body experience stuff. That was a good shot, though. I will say it was it was, it was yeah, very visually cool shot. I thought, yeah. Um, this whole movie is, well, I'll talk about it in the final thing. Mm-hmm. It does have a lot of style, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, so, like, while he's laying there, just, like, groggy, Motorcycle Boy shows up and just beats all the muggers' asses and saves them. And, uh, while Rusty James is, like, recovering, he kind of tells him, like, yeah, the gang life was fun while I was doing it, but it's, it's not so great. Like, don't pursue that life, Mr. Rusty. And he's um, like, no, fuck you, I'm gonna keep doing it. <laughs> Rusty mm-hmm. James, you can't be living a life like this, Rusty James. <laughs> so later, Rusty sees Cage out with uh, with Patty at the at the diner there, and he's like, "Yo, Smokey Cage, I'm <laughs> Rusty James, and that's <laughs> that's my that's my best gal. That's my best gal." And, and uh, so he has to talk to him outside. He, he would fight him, yeah! but he's not really in any state to be fighting right now. Yeah, after his like concussion. And apparently, Cage had planned to have that party so that word would get back to Patty that Rusty was cheating on him. And oh, she would break shit. she would break up with him. And uh, Smokey Christ. Cage could then make his move on Patty. Oh, talk about devious. fake fucking friends. Yeah. Man. yeah. The goddamn plot right there. And then he tells Rusty, it's like, you know, buddy, you aren't smart enough to be a gang leader. You'd, you'd get everyone killed. Like, this life isn't for you. Stop this shit. He's and honestly then, not wrong, though. Mm-hmm. And, well, he does get somebody killed later on, so. He's not even smart enough to be an Olive Garden manager. And they're the dumbest motherfuckers I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, fucking unlimited breadsticks. You gotta put a limit on the fucking breadsticks. <laughs> Um, there's yeah, a Rusty finite James. number of breadsticks in this world. Yeah, boy, Rusty James, you give everybody fucking unlimited breadsticks for like nothing. <laughs> so um, Rusty then sees Motorcycle Boy at the pet store staring at some Siamese fighting fish, which he calls rumble fish. Whoa. I believe they're called Thai fighting fish. Let's let's be politically correct here. Oh, OK. Uh, yeah. So uh, also and these, the fish are in color. They are. These fish are the only thing in color in the whole movie. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, he gives a little monologue about how these fish will ev- will kill themselves trying to fight their own reflection. And he says that he thinks they wouldn't fight if they were free out of this tank and in the river. Um, and he, he, he gives this whole monologue. Um, and then, uh, it's interrupted by the, the shopkeep being like, Hey, what the fuck are you kids doing in here? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> like, dude, ease up. Yeah. It's like, do you buy something or leave? <laughs> but yeah. And then the cop shows up and says to motorcycle boy, and it's like, you're, you're crazy. Someone needs to get you off the streets. And, uh, nothing will come of that. And, uh, yeah, not foreshadowing anything. Yeah. No. The boys, Motorcycle Boy and Rusty James, then have a conversation. God, it's so fun to say Rusty James. <laughs> I, I understand why everybody says it so much. Yeah, they're like, man, you have such a fucking stupid name, but I like it. Rusty James? 
Um, they have a conversation with their father who tells Rusty that their mother and motorcycle boy are not crazy. They just have acute perception. And that can sometimes drive a person crazy, but it doesn't make you crazy to have that. No, so, it does. Um, I really, really loved this. Um, I also one really of the other, this. <laughs> one of the other lines that he says uh, in this conversation with him uh, is that they're merely miscast in a play. And there's, you know, there's also talk of um, Motorcycle Boy being a prince, royalty in exile. And there's there's just kind of a lot of these sort of um, allusions to Lear, it feels like, where, you know, um, Matt Dillon is kind of trying to get like gather up the troops and, and keep the spirit alive and keep the fight going for their king who's who's been sent away and and uh you know i just think that it's it's you can kind of see some some shakespeare in this in a way that um always sits right with me i'm a big fan of uh shakespeare adaptations in like modern times and stuff and i think that a lot of that kind of carries through even though obviously this isn't a direct adaptation i think that there are a lot of sort of the flavors of it that uh, are found in this movie that's interesting yeah i think that shit's crap <laughs> wow wow you and i both agree guard. on something <laughs> wait oh uh, speaking of unconventional like modern adaptations of shakespeare have you ever seen my own private idaho i have i love it I yeah that's great a, that's a great freaking movie i, I want to find a way to bring it onto this podcast somehow so i'm sorry you said odd adaptations yeah, of shakespeare yeah uh, have you guys ever seen um, the uh, romeo and juliet the one in the 90s with leonardo yes, DiCaprio? With leo. plus romeo juliet plus. Yes, that one. Uh, that one's very uh, different if you think about it. Mm-hmm. I actually have um, a bit of a soft spot for that movie that I think uh, a lot of people don't. Oh, I hate that movie. I think it's one. <laughs> I, don't awful. Think it's I think it's I awful. Think it's bad. Um, it's cringe. Um, cringe. Yeah, to you the max. Do, it's got a great do soundtrack. Like a Keanu, Keanu yes. bracket or a River Phoenix bracket that'll be like <laughs> three <Robin> movies. <laughs> three movies. <laughs> they'll all be good though. They will. So. After their conversation with their father, which was a really nice scene, the the boys then go ride on the motorcycle, and uh, motorcycle boy drives them to the pet store, oh, and he shit. breaks in and just starts freeing all the animals. And Rusty James tries to tell him to stop, and uh, they they should get out of town and just run off together. And he says like, you know, motorcycle boy, I wish you would give me a chance. Like I I could have been like we could have been running these streets together. Uh, one thing I, I I forgot to mention. Um, does anybody else think it's kind of fucking weird to have a bunch of taxidermy in a pet shop? Uh, <laughs> oh, I never know. I didn't know. Well, what else are you gonna do when they die? <laughs> I, I, I guess, but I mean, what's the point of throwing away? You got some good parts. It just seemed weird to have I, a. You pet also shop might with sell like, those too. Yeah, yeah true. I, I mean, pets alive or dead. That's true. Uh, taxidermy is for some reason inexpensive. Uh, so I guess that's I don't think it is. Money. Uh, I don't know. How, how expensive could sawdust possibly be? <laughs> uh, well, to be fair, I believe there was a show at one point that tried to get an estimate on taxidermying someone's grandma, and it cost about five thousand dollars. Oh, so that seems reasonable. I think, I think big. so too. <laughs> well, especially because they're an average funeral costs like seven, six, seven thousand dollars. You'd be saving a lot of money. Wow. How hey, much ticket? You get grandma and then like sitting in her nice, in her favorite chair. You're golden. If my grandma leaves me $5,000, I'll do whatever the fuck she wants with it. Yeah. How much do you get taxidermied, but you're filled with uh, potato flakes? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Can you fill your grandma with it? Oh, never mind. That that sounded way more. Hi, um, never mind. That, that sounded very the, suggestive. Uh, I want to be filled company. with Fago, and I want to be punctured and drank at my funeral. Do you want to, like, butt chug the Fago, or how's this going? <laughs> I don't know. I'll be dead. 
Okay, fair enough. Yes, yes. So, so Motorcycle Boy tells Rusty James that he's sorry that he was never the brother that he needed. And that, that he wants Rusty James to kick the cycle and just follow the river to the ocean. He's, not the he's motorcycle. Yeah. yeah, and, and also oh, yeah. Not, <laughs> not the motorcycle, the cycle of getting caught up in this, uh, this life. And also not break the cycle, the stained album. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't even know the name of a stained album. I don't know you can pull that out. I just, but also, I maybe he wanted him to break the cycle, the stained album. Yeah. see, <laughs> sucks. He, like, broke it over his knee. And it's funny because this movie was filmed in 14 Shades of Grey, another stained album. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh... God. So, <laughs> Motorcycle Boy then collects the, the, the rumble fish, and he heads towards the river to free them, but the cop spots him, having been laying in wait, and shoots Motorcycle Boy dead. And, Was uh, he wearing a body cam or no? <laughs> definitely not. Um, the fish flop around on the grass, dying, but Rusty picks them up and tosses them into the river, where, honestly... They're they, probably still going to die because they require specific salinity levels well, and temperatures. No, to be yeah, fair, well, oh, you said temperatures. But I, I looked yeah. it up because I was like, wait, wouldn't that just kill them? But they uh, beta fish are freshwater fish. Mm-hmm. Well, even freshwater fish do require, like, specific salinity levels and no, stuff like fair. that that's, to be regulated. But and they're, it's, they're it's, tropical fish. They don't go in the Hudson or wherever the fuck they are. I don't oh, know. this movie was also, uh, this movie was set in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Oh, okay. Which makes a lot of sense also, because like, no one has a fucking southern accent. Sorry. Their whole thing is not being able to be like around each other. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Like, you too. dump them all into the same spot, <laughs> they're just gonna kill each other. Yeah, but they're no, run. they're gonna be free in the openness of the river. Well, speaking yeah. for freedom, also in- engenders a certain amount of danger. Mm-hmm. That's so. true. Although I guess in nature they probably just have territories. Yeah. <laughs> so what the fuck? Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, exactly. they're, they're not only bred in captivity. They're either fucking or they're or fighting, they? and uh, most of the time they're fighting. Yeah. Um, Jesus Christ. Uh, So uh, Rusty James is then about to be arrested by some other cops on the scene, but Officer Murder says, let him go. He's just upset about his dead brother that I killed. (laughs) He won't stop crying about his fucking dead brother. I don't think he says he killed them, though, right? No, he doesn't say that. There's some plausible deniability. He's like, I'll just let him go, whatever. There's no responsibility here. Yeah. uh, Just like with cops in real life. Oh, yes. Or just with my cops in real life, his his go-to tactic is intimidation every time he's met with the slightest bit of confrontation. Intimidation Damn. and yeah. valuing property over life, I guess. Yeah, yeah. that's a very yeah. accurate portrayal of police, I will say. Yeah, nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. Uh, so the whole town is upset seeing that Motorcycle Boy is dead, and we see graffiti on the wall saying, uh, the Motorcycle Boy reigns. And, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Same one we saw at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And we, we close with... I believe it was Rusty James. You couldn't really tell because it was in a silhouette, but he's arriving at the ocean on a motorcycle. So he listened. To I feel brother. pretty confident that it's him. And yeah. he, he looks in the sunset for two seconds and the movie's over. His mm. brother who never reached the ocean. That's and true. now he has. Yep. He went all oh, the way yeah. to California, but he didn't get to the ocean because California gets in the way. That's what he says. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of mountains in California. Oh, yeah. I feel like if you're willing to drive all the way from Tulsa to California, you might as well make the extra couple fucking hours to go to the ocean if you really want to see the ocean. <laughs> I didn't even make it to the ocean. I think it's a metaphor, literally. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying he should put a little bit more fucking effort in. <laughs> I, I, okay, so Maybe overall, he ran out of gas. He ran out of gas. 
Overall, he ran out of gas. He he picked up a, a small job to. <laughs> well, no, he's he's paying it's for called it. ass grass or gas. Yes. he's got to sell his ass to get yes. the gas. Uh, so overall thoughts on this movie. Um, Taylor, I wonder if you're Taylor. He's been really dying to talk. I was literally going to save mine for last. I didn't like this movie at all. Damn, like literally at all. Really, there were a couple. I did like the fight scene, admittedly. Um, Although I, I don't think it was really shot all that well for a fight scene. It's like kind of clipped off at certain points, and I don't think they really. Well, I don't think it's trying to be that. an action movie. Fight well, no, scene. I'm, I'm not trying, trying to say to... it's trying to emphasize the action, but I don't Indies. think they emphasize really much of any of that in in there at all. Like, I, it doesn't have to be like a fucking John Wick movie, but it has to be like shot somewhat well. And I will say too, style over substance. I do think this movie style over substance. I don't really think that any of the stylistic choices that happened in this movie were all that beneficial to the plot at all. I really, I, I think this movie could have been made by John Hughes in color, and nothing about it would have been different outside of the like artistic elements to it. That feels like an insane <laughs> statement to me. Yes, yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm standing by it. I'm standing by it. Um, and also, Rusty James, I'm sorry. I think he's a bad protagonist. I think he's very one note. I don't think he's very interesting. And frankly, when he did get hurt, I thought it was great. I'm like, fuck, I hate this character anyway, so it's fine. And I don't think that's what you're supposed to get out of this character. So the fact that it invoked that out of me is, I don't know. I don't know. Mm, okay. <laughs> Well, uh, and also, once again, I do, do need to reiterate this movie because I had to look it up because I was like, where the fuck does this movie take place? It's supposed to take place in Tulsa. No one has remotely any kind of southern accent. What the fuck is this? I don't, you don't have to like, have a southern accent to live in the south. That's but I've, I've listened to people from Tulsa. They have southern accents. I, I, every they single have one. You know for sure that <laughs> okay. every single okay. person. But every like 50 Fit like what 20 25 characters in this movie have a non native Tulsan accent? Like, what the fuck? I don't know. Come I, on, I, I don't think they even mentioned that it was in Tulsa. I, I, I actually thought up. this movie was probably in New York, is what I my impression. I, that's what I thought at first because I'm I like, was, sure, yeah, I guess I just assumed. I assume that too. It's maybe because they didn't try a very good job of like getting you into that. Maybe they're trying to make it seem like it could be anywhere. But then, yeah, why is it set anywhere? <laughs> then why is it set anywhere? Uh, like I said they didn't make. Well, it they has didn't to take say place somewhere. I guess. Yeah, they didn't. Uh, it has to take place somewhere, and it wasn't mentioned in the movie at all. <laughs> Having toured through Tulsa multiple times, I don't honestly believe the people that live in Tulsa. So um, <laughs> okay, that's a very fair yeah, point. Yeah. Um, uh, anyways, driven out. Back off, sorry. Yeah, that's where all the, uh, the transplants um, go to to hang out. Yeah. And like I said, I don't think this movie is completely worthless. I just didn't like this movie at all. And even if it, even though it was only 90 minutes, it felt like a three hour fucking long movie. I I did not like the majority of this movie at all. Damn. Okay. Shit. Uh, I thought it was great. Um, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nothing wrong with that. I thought uh, I thought this was a really good movie. Um, I, I didn't like absolutely love it and adore it. Um, if there's anything that I have a problem with, it was probably like the plot a little bit was a it didn't hold me that much, but like, yeah, it had some very good scenes of uh, dialogue and stuff like that that I, I like quite a bit. And just visually, this movie is like really beautiful. I think I, and I, do, I, I, I do, completely yeah, I disagree with you on the fight scene. I thought it was really well done. Not only the fight scene, but the just them walking up to the fight was so cool. Um, and after the the second fight, when he's having the out of body experience, yeah. I will say that part was pretty cool. I like that. Yeah, I thought um, this movie looked very cool. Um, I, yeah, the, I mean, the plot didn't keep me engaged 
necessarily the whole time. I ended up uh, going back and rewatching like the middle part of the movie mm-hmm. um, just to see if I missed any like major plot beats or anything. Um, but I don't know. I I rewatching the middle part. I liked it uh, even better. So. Yeah, and, uh, and I, I actually have the opposite point. The more I watch this movie, I'm like, man, what what the fuck was this movie even trying to say? I, I thought this movie was great. I came in really pretty blind. Like I knew it was Coppola, and I knew that it was Cage, but I was really pretty blown away by it. Um, like I said at the beginning of this episode, I came, I like requested this episode, this matchup because I love national treasure, but oh. I like at the end of this movie, I was really kind of shocked by how much I had enjoyed it. I, we didn't mention the score, which I thought the score was actually really, yeah, cool the score well. was really cool. And the, the way they use that to enhance the mood all the time in the background, they would have noises yeah. like that playing constantly. I don't know. Yeah, a lot of, like, zither. And some <laughs> of the scenes that were more from um, Motorcycle Boy's perspective, because he's partially deaf, they could they would kind of muffle the audio sometimes. Yeah. And yeah. It, I don't know. Oh, I didn't even notice that, to be honest. I yeah, will say and- I am, I'm glad that you gleaned more, like, meaning from this film than I did. That's great, honestly. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> Yeah, somebody's I mean, got I, to, I, right? Yeah, somebody's <laughs> got to, yeah. Yeah, well, even even the stuff that uh, everyone else has mentioned as flaws, like, the plot didn't bother me because it was really, I was more interested in the character study of yeah. Motorcycle but, Boy and Rusty James than I was, you know, it's not about, like, him escaping to California. It's about him trying to find himself and and not being able to because all he can do is think of living up to his brother who's absent the entire time and and when he finally comes back for for him to not even want that for rusty james is like is like a spit in the face Mm -hmm. for everything that that he's wanted this entire time he's been living his life trying to keep the gang alive and thinking back of how great it was when the gangs ruled not because he really wants the fights and stuff but because that was when his family unit was comprised was full it was complete his mother was there and, and motorcycle boy was there and it's very i feel like it's so much about like a longing for the past the fact that it's in black and white the fact that there is so much emphasis on like motorcycles it, it feels like you know, it's funny that it, George Lucas helped produce this because it really, to me, feels like if American Graffiti was interesting. I mean, I oh, just thought. Oh, my God. <laughs> OK, so first off, if this movie's interesting, then American Graffiti must be like watching fucking paint dry. Oh. Like, oh, my God. Are you serious? I think that American Graffiti is pretty OK, but I think that this oh movie uh, blows it out of the water. No, I'll be honest. And, I, I literally wanted to turn it off at certain points because I was so fucking bored by it. That oh, blows my well, mind. I disagree. I think that <laughs> I think that not only do I think the stylization adds a lot to the movie, I think that the stylization perfectly suits Nick Cage. I think that everything that he's bringing to the character, really leaning into his nasally voice, he's really he, he's got the huge swoop of hair. He's being very over the top because it really fits with the stylization and and sort of yeah. calling back to that uh, that that cool. warriors kind of feeling that yeah. that that I was talking about and um I uh, like I said there's these like allusions to Shakespeare that I really enjoyed I uh, thought that Diane Lane was really good we didn't really talk about her very much but I think that she's bringing a lot to a character that could have very easily just been thrown to the side I, I really um, do I really do like her character a lot to be honest I really do. And she stands up for herself, which is fucking great. Yes, she great, doesn't yeah. let 
awesome. Yeah. Rusty James walk yeah. all over her despite his best efforts. And, <laughs> you know, you can see the self-destructive tendencies that are present in the rest of his family also coming out in Rusty James. And a lot of it feels very yeah. much because of that self-consciousness about his stupidity, the way that everyone treats him like shit because of his family, because of him not performing well in school, obviously, you know, you can kind of take that from the context clues. I, I mean, it just, to me, watching it unfold, and I just really uh, felt so bad for the character. Uh, I liked it a oh, lot, and clearly, oh. <laughs> clearly I, I am the outlier you're, here you're, in terms of total enjoyment. But uh, You know, you're you're more of an empathetic person than me, because I literally wanted this character to die throughout the time. God I damn. hated Rusty James. And frankly, yeah, when Diane Lane, like, stood up for herself, like, good for you. You don't get pushed around by this abusive, fucking, slimy, unlikable piece of shit. I'm glad. Sure, I, I don't endorse his actions. I can find him interesting without endorsing his actions. Well, no, and, and, and that's that's true to a certain extent as well. And I, I totally understand, like, there's plenty of movies I like where the characters are unlikable. But at the same time, characters also have to be interesting. And I don't think Rusty James is an interesting character at all. I think he's a very one note character. I think I think that the facade is one note, but that once you look past the facade that he's putting forward, there's a lot of hidden depth there. I mean, there can be at the yeah. end of the day, but he does he really have that much of an arc in this movie? Like he's uh, literally just he a sad boy the entire way through. And then his brother dies like I'm going to look at the ocean for five seconds. And he does the first thing that he, it's the first thing that he he actually does. He he's been stagnant the entire time, and finally he he makes his way out. And it takes the knowledge, you know, before his brother is just kind of this nebulous figure. He's out there. He has no idea where he is. He could return at any time. Now he has this concrete finality of his brother's death that finally kicks him loose from being stuck in this town. And uh, the fact that he does make it out, he uses his bro brother's motorcycle to escape. And, you know, the fact that we see Motorcycle Boy reigns uh, at the end, again, it is kind of like, well, has has the line of succession happened? Is he the new Motorcycle Boy? Um, you know, it, there's I, I think that there is a lot going on. OK, no, that's that's totally fair. And I will say that he does technically have an arc, but it's one note the entire way through and then the last one percent of the movie he has that arc for me so it I seems mean, like I, I, the, the, <laughs> like george was saying that was kind of part of it uh, that he's got a lot of this internal battle and we don't get to see him like he he's so stuck in what he's doing and he finally gets yeah. to um work his way out that's that's his his ending i guess uh, i just wish it was more fleshed out, out to be honest know. it's just kind of abrupt well, well to be fair so what you're saying is we need the five hour yes the <laughs> Coppola I, you know, i'm glad you said it because that's exactly what i was gonna say yes. um, no but in all honesty you couldn't pay me to watch the five hour cut of this fucking movie i, <laughs> I would have i refuse <laughs> i would refuse I actually to be fair you could pay me enough but i wouldn't i wouldn't say that i'd like it Although I do think that it probably would be more interesting because I I think some of the ideas that I think are kind of half-assed in this movie might be more fleshed out in a five-hour cut. I wonder so. if we would get to see Motorcycle Boy in California. That'd be interesting. I I and you Maybe know that's the thing though. I feel like there's I feel like to for me there there are a lot of like sort of like inklings of an interesting character for me with Rusty James, but it just for me it just never gets there and it frustrates me the entire time. Hmm. Really you know does. what else? Just just thinking about this now kind of made something else click for me. That I, I I almost kind of like that we don't get to see uh, Motorcycle Boy out in California, which is actually what I meant. But uh, oh, okay. <laughs> Rusty James in California as well. Um, but the fact that we never leave the town until that last second, I think, um, 
is kind of you know reflective of his mind state of of being stuck in the town and and the yeah. claustrophobia and constriction that he feels of being stuck there. Uh, I I actually I retract my statement. I like that he does not get to leave his town <laughs> and nor does the camera. Uh, yeah, and, it's, know, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm I'm glad you have a different perspective than me. In all honesty, it's cool. That's what makes the show interesting, baby. You better fucking believe this it. This is Cage Fight. <laughs> it's Cage Fight. It's not called Cage. Let's all agree on the same fucking thing, Cage man. Cage Friends. Ca- yeah, well, this isn't yeah, RuPaul's Cage, Cage Friends. And, and also, I, I wanted to add one more thing, too, right? <laughs> Talk about how this... Can we really call this a Nick Cage movie? He's barely in it. I, he's yeah. a huge... He's a central character. Just yeah, because he's he very important to the time. plot. I mean, he is central to a certain degree. But once again, though, I mean, we've seen movies like... Okay, once again. In Snowden, he's the usurper to the throne. In Snowden, he's also a very in- integral character to the plot, right? But can we really call that much of a Nick Cage movie? He's not. I really... think he is much more important in this movie. Yeah, yeah. he's a lot more important in this I, movie I'm, than I'm he is in Snowden. With you. I just wanted to bring that back to Snowden a little bit. Um, but still, like, even though he is a central character to a degree, he really doesn't have that much fucking screen time. Yeah, I want to yeah. see more Nick Cage in this movie, to be honest. I would have been the five-hour cut. We get yeah, so yeah. fucking do it. Wouldn't all, all signs are pointing to we need a longer cut of this movie. I agree. It is. Uh, it does feel weird that this movie is only an hour and a half. Like something yeah. like yeah. this, I would generally find well because it feels like the five-hour cut, even though it's an hour and a half. I, I don't agree with that. Really, I don't. <laughs> I don't either. But uh, I don't know. I, I didn't. I don't think this overstated its welcome. Uh, really, but. Um, you know what? Make it ten hours. Uh, yeah, just, make it ten hours, and, and then <laughs> just, we'll fucking throw Taylor into it, yeah, a just, just, prison it's like, cell. And it's like every time it's, it's like a, it's like a torture a technique. Like, oh, orange you you thing. thought that movie was long? How about the ten a- and a half hour? Double it. They're like, oh Double god, it. we were playing Limp Biscuit as torture, but he's enjoying it too much. <laughs> Wait, hold on, you, you're complaining about a long movie, and then earlier today you suggested a Stanley Kubrick bracket. <laughs> I was joking. I just oh, like okay. I like the pun, the Kubrick, the Kubrick. Okay, that is fun. I would you, you couldn't pay me to do a Stanley Kubrick bracket because I don't really like Stanley Kubrick that much either. Well, I'm happy to announce our Stanley Kubrick bracket. Fuck! I think. <laughs> Come on, you think this motherfucker is gonna be out there watching Barry Lyndon? <laughs> okay, oh, so definitely I, not. That'll I, lose I, I will say though, though, to be fair, I don't hate him. I'm just not a huge fan of him. So. Mm. I haven't seen uh, his old movies. Um, I, 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 I mean, seen we don't watch uh, Path of Glory, Glory for a while. I have it on Blu-ray, but, but I, I can tell you it. one thing. Um, I'll watch all of his movies, and uh, I'll still say Eyes Wide Shut is the best one. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah, I have to go with 2001 just because I first saw oh. that when I was like 10 years old, oh. and little pretentious me had like a fucking... Wow. Oh, you said little pretentious you. Okay, gotcha. Yes, yes. It set me on the path of, of, of uh, pretension. And to be fair, I've never seen the best one, Eyes Wide Shut, but I will say 2001 is easily my least favorite. Mm. Hey, so. it's like Tarkovsky uh, said. He's a, he's a hack who fetishizes technology over the emotion of yes. humanity. Oh, that's yeah, that's definitely 2001. Well, speaking of hacks, Dave, do you got a oh, and, summary for us? <laughs> oh, shit. Solaris is really good, speaking of... Uh, yeah, I love Solaris. Oh, yeah. That's one of my favorite movies. George Dave, is a oh, big Solaris Dave, do you have a summary? Of this movie. What? Dave, summary. What? Please, plot summary. Come on. Dave, do you have a summary of this movie? 
Yeah, you can't be rude to the guest. Watch me nearly dead with laugh. I watch the people rush the door like a bash. Chuck up from time there, time for the bus ride. Sunshine there, a time for the bus ride. Sunshine there, a time for the bus ride. From time there, a time for the bus ride. Oh, shit. Now, oh, wait, 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 what see, you, if what you, you replace bus rider with Rusty James, uh, then, yeah, I think that Man. pretty accurately sums it up. But, yes, yeah, uh, Rusty James. Uh, not yeah. the sucks part. Oh yeah, R Woo. Rusty James with his very memorable dialogue in this movie. Look, I remember quite a few things. I don't remember a thing. I, I just I remember, remember him almost his dying, out of body so. experience, even like when he he's he. I don't know. There's don't there's all sorts of shit. <laughs> Look, we already discussed it. Hey, we can all agree on one thing. At least it's not Captain Corelli's mandolin. Yeah. All right, I have some Amazon reviews. I have a, a review from Marsha B who says, "A great '80s movie. I love Matt Dillon." Uh, great 80s movie, Matt Dillon and Diane Lane are so great on film together. Mickey Rourke gives an outstanding performance as the biker kid. <laughs> it's, hard, it's hard to explain the plot of this film other than saying it's mainly centered around Rusty James. Rusty James. Uh, and yeah, Mickey Rourke was the biker kid. I think I don't think you can you can dispute that. Yeah, you know, I feel I feel like this was like from like an Italian dub or something. It's like, hey, he's the b bicycle kid. That, that might be, yeah. <laughs> I think that's what was happening, uh, to be honest. But honestly, um, you know, when you think about it, Matt Dillon is kind of the biker kid uh, to the his motorcycle boy. Yeah, he, motorcycle so boy true, and the biker so kid. Yeah, yeah. It's a hierarchy. It's a hierarchy. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's like he was the king in exile, and <laughs> and Rusty James was the prince, the motorcycle or the the bicycle boy or whatever. Biker boy. <laughs> biker boy. <laughs> oh, biker kid. Sorry. <laughs> biker um, kid. I have a, a <laughs> review. I'm mentioning both of those wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 it said like I, oh boy. Uh, um, I have a review from uh, Barb Bishop who writes, "She loved it." Uh, oh, that, great! That's it. Uh, oh, I don't know if she's oh. talking about herself. <laughs> Um, but she loved it. Is she talking about herself and the whatever person that is? Um, I, I wish the review was Barb loved it. Yeah, Barb loved it. That should be her Amazon name too. In all of her reviews, just Barb loved it. Yeah. Barb loved it. Barb didn't. Oh shit. Oh shit. Barb hated Barb it. Barb was really mad about this one. Barb was neutral. Three out of five. Barb thought this was in the Wild Hogs universe. <laughs> Uh, I have a review from Steven who says this movie rocks. Hey, Lorelai, first of all, S.E. Hinton is a woman. And second of all, what kind of language would you prefer in a movie about gang fights? Some candy coated stuff? The movie is a great one, plain and simple. Um, clearly they this is a, he, I think, meant to leave this as a response to somebody yeah. else. Oh, OK. Um, that makes sense. Named, That's a sub review. I love it. Good for him. <laughs> love a good sub review. Oh, God. Uh, so Lorelai. Um, uh, Get fucked, Lorelai. <laughs> and it's funny because Lorelai has, uh, shares a sentiment that many of our reviewers do, which is less swearing and probably smoking in this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I have a review from Georgia Ayers who writes. I have not had the opportunity to see this movie simply because of my stupid right foot. Now that I am out of the hospital, I hope to view the movie soon. Five stars. <laughs> that, that's actually my pseudonym. Okay, so to, so to be fair, right, 
that was a positive review of somebody who hadn't seen the movie, so I'm okay with it. Yeah, yeah a lot of people yeah. are usually like... Uh, Even if I dislike the movie, it better have a 5 out of 5 if you haven't seen it. It's been, it's, it's been a long week, one star, because I haven't had time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so shout out to Georgia Ayers. Something came up. Five stars. <laughs> uh, I have a review from I think oh, I think this guy is canceled. Uh, his name is Sam. I am uh, who writes. Um, I have mixed feelings for this movie. Firstly, I love the atmosphere of the film. The overall story and its messages are what kept me thinking about it long after I mm. initially mm. watching it. Those messages, Taylor. Uh, messages are, you, uh, if, if you're a lame hoodlum, uh, your brother dies, and then you have a very unsatisfying conclusion. Yeah, uh, that's, a little, that's a message, all right. Yes. The only thing that's keeping me from loving it, however, was the soundtrack. What? <gasps> I forget the man's name, but the score was made by the drummer of the police. He, Stuart Copeland? Uh, yeah. Wait, did Stuart oh, Copeland I really do this? I, I looked about. I looked online about that. That's true. I didn't even mean Holy to make shit. that. I forgot the police reference. Yep. He wow. actually he actually has quite the resume regarding scores for films and video games. The most recognizable Spyro. one that comes to mind is Spyro the Dragon. Yeah, yeah. Holy so once shit, I had no idea. Yeah. Once the score for Rumblefish kicks that. in, I started hearing Spyro the Dragon. The similarities wow. are shocking. It was genuinely distracting for me. Three stars. <laughs> you know, yeah, okay. Well, okay. If, if I had seen you. if I played Spyro the Dragon, that would have distracted me too. I'm like, wait, there's actually some good stuff going on in this movie. Holy yeah. shit. It's just well, fucking blowing my Spyro mind. Yeah. I, had, I had no idea that Stuart Copeland did the soundtrack for this movie, but I knew about Spyro. and I also, didn't know either of those things. That's so fucking funny. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. I, I, he, I like him a lot. I, I like the police is the band. Uh, yeah, you don't. You don't. A cab, a cab, except uh, for the band. A, a, a cab, except for the band. You match those up too, Dave, so that you couldn't clip out. Yeah, Dave, let's get a let's get a clip of uh, just saying I love the police. No, uh, no, you bet your ass. Uh, it was clean on mics. It was clean on mics. Yes, no, yes, yeah. I'm also getting a clip of whoever said to get a clip of uh, I love the police there too. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Mike, we're, you're we're, a fool. You said it there's too. There's about to be a big blue Damn line it. running through I this fucking it. cage fight. Man, fuck! God. <laughs> All right. Um, I have a review from Roxanne, who. Uh, oh, come on, man. Please. Come on. <laughs> yes. Uh, who? Uh, oh, and this is our ACR all caps review yes. of the week. Hell yes. Um, and she titled the review uh, "Nudity" and spelt it wrong. Um, and, how would you spell it? Uh, N U E D I T Y. Oh, wow. um, Not how I anticipated. I thought you'd yeah. go for double O's. The way did yeah. that was a that was a bit of a juke there as well. I thought they switched uh, the T and the D. That's when you're nude, except you got some suede on. Nude, nudity. And Roxanne, uh, Roxanne screams. I was so surprised that they would put nudity in an S. E. Hinton movie based on the book. Very disappointed with that, and embarrassed when watching it with my son, Taj. Wow. I guess Ro- I guess Roxanne said you don't have to turn on the red light. Yeah, my my son was so uh, embarrassed by the nudity that he had to go up to his bedroom for a while and just and really think about it for a while. I yeah. said we didn't finish it till days later. You know, he turned on he turned on the shower head for some reason and was in the bathroom for thirty minutes after seeing that scene. Uh, we have a review from Tim who says, "Pass." This looks like it was written by a kid. 
It's got no <laughs> no depth and no life experience behind it. Oh. I get that it was written by a kid. <laughs> for <laughs> for a kid's work, it shows a lot of insight, but as a standalone piece, it's pretty lightweight. Um so shout out to Tim. My middle name is not Tim, by the way. I'm putting that out there. <laughs> I don't know. Sure. Exactly what sure. a Tim would say. I'm, all I'm saying is that guy, guy's got some points here. That's all I'm saying. Um, I have a review from Frank A. Surratt, who says, fourth grade level worldview. <laughs> <laughs> I think Taylor wrote all No, of I did it. Yeah, I promise. Use astroturfing. <laughs> I did not. I got excited after reading a short write-up in The New Yorker, but it turned out to reflect a Neanderthal worldview. <laughs> failing, uh, failing New Yorker. One no! Of those, you one can't of those convince me that Taylor didn't write this. No, I did it! <laughs> you uh, literally cannot convince me. Okay, the, okay, the, the I next... I do not write like Donald Trump, okay? The next and final line will prove that this is Taylor. Oh, no. I violently disliked it and felt like a fool spending three bucks to obtain no. bubblegum stuck on my shoes. Yeah. No, listen, I didn't spend three dollars at all. I toured, I mean, I uh, bought it from Barnes & Noble, a Criterion, Criterion fall sale for $20, and I paid three dollars oh, for this. Because I looked up and it's currently on back order. Yeah. <laughs> um, Where's those uh, uh, the sirens going <laughs> Uh, I have a review from uh, Suzanne Blythe, who says, was in German, never got to watch it. One star. <laughs> wow. We had to get both. We had to get both. Oh, in. my God. It's, uh, that's, hmm. Uh, review from uh, Sherry McClellan, who says, haven't even got it, but you want it rated, and that's all I got. I can't rate what I haven't got. Thanks. <laughs> One star. <laughs> Wow, you know what? I actually respect that review a lot more. You know how Amazon sends those reviews like four yeah, I days remember. or they send those emails like four days after you order something, like, what did you think of this? And Sherry McClellan was like, Jesus, oh, I got I have to review this shit. I haven't yeah, even seen it. For you. Can't fuck Bezos. Oh my god. Oh, uh, and our last review comes from Glockiam, who says movie sucked bad. <laughs> Movie sucked bad. Uh, wait, oh, who shit. was that? Glockiam. Uh, how many bots wait, did wait, you make? Wait, 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 was there more? That's it. Oh, <laughs> so so how many shell accounts did you make? I don't it? have any shell accounts. Sure. How many? I only have one account, and I put I put one negative review of this movie. <laughs> Taylor loves Amazon so much he pays for Prime on ten different accounts. And my review says Rumblefish, more like stupid fish. One out of five. That's my one wow. review. More like Rumble shit. He, he more purposely like Rumble shit. Stumblefish. <laughs> No stumblefish. That's my Listen, this movie. This reviews. movie didn't stumble. It sucked. I guess you could say it crumblefished. <laughs> well, this has been our too long review of Rumblefish. Absolutely. If, uh, if, if um, Rusty was on a dating site, it'd be Bumblefish. Wow, Taylor thought this movie was Dumblefish. <laughs> uh, well, yes, yes, this has been our way too long review of Rumblefish. Join us in the second half where we review National Treasure, which I have a feeling most listeners are going to be waiting yes. for that one. And guess what? It, yeah. it will be a, le- a lot out. shorter for some reason, even though it's a way longer movie. Mm, well, no, well, we'll have to like three hours. But yeah. uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll come back in a, a little break. Uh, bye-bye, sort of. Not really. Grumblefish. <laughs> yeah! Fuck!
We're here now to talk to you about National Treasure. Oh, the hell yeah. Next film here. So, uh, National Treasure. Have you heard of it? Yeah. Have you heard, heard of it? Um, let's just get this out of the way. I'm going to say it. I think this is probably Nicolas Cage's most well-known starring role, in all honesty. I, mean, I can't think of anything it where you... might be, yeah. It, it very well might that be. That might yeah. be the case. Um, it, it, if it's not, it's got to be a fucking up Top for three. Sure. Top three. For top sure. three for sure, yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, if, uh, if we did a fucking family feud survey, I guarantee National Treasure would be number one with, like, 97 points. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> National Treasure came out in 2004. Uh, it's rated PG and was directed by John Turtletaub. The Turt! Returning on the show from National Treasure <laughs> 2, which we reviewed before this one. And uh, the Sorcerer's the, the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Is it a lot worse? I don't know. Actually, like, you know, that movie's pretty solid. Wait, National Treasure 2? He's not turtly enough for the Turtle Club. Yeah, it's not turtly enough, enough, yeah. Oh, Is yeah. he turtly enough for the Turtle Club? Did he direct Some say Master no. of Disguise? Yes. Yeah. Find out next week. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and also written by the Wibberleys. Yeah. Returning cage fight players. Who <laughs> made G-Force? They wrote no, G-Force. Cormac and Marianne Wibberley wrote G-Force. They also wrote Charlie's Angels Full Throttle and Bad Boys 2. So they're all over the place. They what they write. A very wow. interesting track. So <laughs> Charlie's Angels Full Throttle, is that the one directed by Mick G or is that not the one directed yeah, by Mick G? Our, yeah. That's yeah. a Mick G classic, baby. Oh, he, Mick G did both of them, right? I don't know if he did. I think so. Is that the one so. with Crispin Glover or no? Yeah, the, no, that's the first yeah. one. Oh, okay, isn't gotcha. it? No, is it? I don't remember. I thought he was going full throttle. Yeah, I don't uh, yeah, yeah I, I don't. I don't recall. <laughs> yeah, we're not doing a Crispin Glover bracket, no matter how much not people want it. yet. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see him sniff that hair, baby. This was produced by Disney, Jerry Bruckheimer, and I, I just want to point out at, at the very bottom of this list... Saturn films. Yeah. Good for Saturn films. Very good for Saturn yeah, films. Hell yeah. This is far and away the well, I don't want to oh, spoil this, things. This is the best Saturn films one I've seen. I have a hard time remembering which ones and, are Saturn. And which are usually not. the bad ones. Yeah, <laughs> yeah usually. <laughs> this also probably made ninety percent of the total box office that Saturn films ever produced too. Mm -hmm. Honestly, <laughs> probably. And I mean we'll get into that shortly. Yeah. Um runtime. Of 131 minutes. So this is over two hours. Taylor couldn't Yeah, could have fooled me. It didn't feel like two hours. Um, had, a, had a budget of $100 million. Oh. And does anyone want to guess the gross? I mean, I don't know. I'm going to guess like half a billion dollars. Yeah. Huh. I'm going to so say 500. 300 mil. I'm gonna I'm gonna go 301. Oh, <laughs> fuck. The price is right, your ass. Oh, damn it. Uh, yeah. Uh, and George wins $347 million. Um, which, you know, fun about that. George, you get a new car. Yeah. Uh, Come on down. Cilantro. Fun fact, uh, this was Nick Cage's highest grossing movie until The Croods. Wow. That? Hmm. Okay. I, I believe that. I frankly believe that. And uh, The Croods is still his highest grossing movie. <laughs> Until the Croods 2 uh, uh, overtakes it, because let me tell you something. It Target was... really wants you to see it. Uh, it's playing on every TV in Target every time I go in there, which is not that often. But like I still it's been like 
it came out in what fucking November or something? Mm-hmm. That was the only movie that came out last year That's after true. the pandemic started. But I, like I, I see the new Crudes movie advertised constantly. I don't know if it's just. I mean, Google the Sonic movie actually, was yeah. the highest grossing movie of 2020. No movies were released last year. Wait, the true. sound of I saw, music. I saw over a hundred new movies last year. Holy shit! Goddamn. Now we're, we're talking about like. Box office like fucking summer blockbusters. Not a lot hey, of those were released. I, saw, I saw all kinds, all kinds of movies. But I will <sighs> say that I am actually kind of surprised at this reveal that the Croods is his highest grossing box office because granted i have not seen it but i like we I have. felt like it, <laughs> yeah fair but i felt like it just kind of came and went i've like heard about this movie that nick cage was in and i was like oh maybe i'll see that and then George, it was just gone never to be heard from again let me give you a little piece of advice if you choose to sit down and watch the croods make sure you're alone and make sure your wrists are warmed up yeah <laughs> oh, boy. it's a very <laughs> sexy, sexy movie Wow. I was gonna say, according our, to so George is E&D. curious. We're, we're not gonna try to dox you, but are you an independent contractor in upstate New York? Uh, what <laughs> reviewer? Uh, He's got in Philly. Very horny. Uh, got very horny. One of the characters. Um, oh dear. Shout out E and D. Maybe we'll get him on the pod. Yeah, one day. <laughs> yeah, one day we're gonna get E and D on the pod. He's gonna be like heavy breathing. That'd be a pretty big get. <laughs> yeah. That would be a pretty big get. I, I don't there's, know if we there's can There's a few it. guests who I want on the um, show. One is Elite Lamo, E and D, <laughs> and Nick Cage himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and <laughs> Barack Obama. Yeah. Um, uh, so let me be clear. I'm already on the show. Uh, <laughs> oh shit, Barack Obama's here. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, Sorry, I don't think you should have done uh, uh, done all the drone strikes. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna be clear. Uh I frankly agree with Taylor. I'm Rumblefish. Whoa. Wow. Oh shit. All right, well, Obama, get out of here. Between the drone strikes and that and You didn't even close <laughs> Gitmo like you talked about all the time. Oh uh, listen, yeah. I'm not gonna close Gitmo. But I will close uh, Francis Ford Coppola's career with a drone strike because movie frankly fucking terrible. He doesn't want to get Mo Rumblefish, am I right? <laughs> hey. All right, that was nice talking to you, Barack Obama. But he, your opinion's trash. Sorry, Stop, he's leaving. Bye, he's Brock. going back to Chicago. Yeah, Chicago. <laughs> yeah, game over on Obama. Man. Yeah, I believe he's going we back to Chicago to his career. Okay, yes. so so the reviews for this one: Rotten Tomatoes, forty-six percent. From critics, criminally low, very low, very surprisingly low. Frankly, Wait, yeah. say I the number again. I missed it. Forty-six percent. Oh my god, that's an attack. That's a personal attack on me. Uh, yeah. Audience seventy-six percent. So that's that's better. I expected yes, that, but that's all I got for general facts. Well, let me tell you something. Um, IMDb trivia is a real hellscape. Um, a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I assume there'd be quite a bit here. And just the ratio of bullshit to actual interesting facts uh, is astounding for this movie. I, I guarantee <sighs> it, especially with the kind of historical subject matter. Too. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, a movie like this that deals with historical subject matter, the U.S. history specifically, I feel like will be overflowing. This and comic book movies are probably the two most annoying ones. Yeah. I'm yeah. just trying to take well, a guess. Well, uh, uh, yeah. Comic- I mean, they're constantly dropping trivia in the movie it's like a plot point (laughs) Riley is like haha I know some trivia you don't can we just talk about the trivia that they say in the movie um we can but first let me give you some gems (laughs) that I have picked from the the internet um the good guys in this movie use google and the bad guys use yahoo damn (laughs) that's a requirement (laughs) that's a requirement by google so how does anyone even notice something like that 
You just watch the that's movie. A, that's in the like the contract with Google. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to let the same way that <laughs> you can't so let good funny. guys use iPhones, yeah. uh, or rather, you can't let bad guys use iPhones. They all use Windows phones. <laughs> that's fucking hilarious. I I would I could watch this movie a million times and I would never notice that. Yeah, I've seen this movie a million times and I have never even picked up on that slightly. <laughs> you don't pause to. That's why the bad guys are always screen. behind because yeah, yeah. Stuck. yeah they're kind of slow, slow. The speed. bad guys are always watching. Community season six. Yes. They're like every time they're like, we gotta go to a new place. Fuck, my broadband isn't working. I need a new service provider. Um, <laughs> on the uh, on the DVD, director John Turtletaub says the initial rough cut was around four hours long. So again, I say release <laughs> the Snyder cut. Oh my god. Could you? Okay, so if they ever release the uncut <laughs> versions of both this and Rumblefish, we need to pit those against each other. Wow. Yes. I'll. Yes, uh, Redux of this episode. <laughs> How the fuck do you make this movie any longer? Frankly, yeah, I, I, I feel don't like understand. I mean, I love this movie. Uh, not to it's spoil my thoughts, life. but there's yeah. a lot of there's. I feel like there's a decent amount of padding. Yeah, uh, yeah. I will um, say, if you consider this movie to have padding, uh, and if they sold that in stores, that'd be a very shitty pad for women. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I don't believe. I don't believe in the whole lot of really in this movie. Really stuck the landing there. <laughs> I was trying and it failed. Um, um, it failed. Game over. <laughs> yeah, come on, game over. Game over. Yeah! Uh, got another one here. Uh, Easter egg. To see some hidden special features on the Region 2 DVD, navigate to the logbook in the upper right corner of the main menu and press select to enter, then enter the code 405 and select the master code for a list of all these special features available. Some are otherwise only available in several hidden menus that must be found through mini games on each menu. So they did their own code breaking, uh, inspired by crazy. Benjamin Franklin Gates. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, to be fair, does does that have the uncut four-hour version on it? <laughs> That's crazy. Four hours. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to read this verbatim. Um, the film became an instant classic after it came out. The yeah. line that Ben Gates gives, I'm going to steal the <laughs> Declaration of Independence, has become a meme in and of itself. Mm-hmm. And is ranked among one of the most enjoyable treasure hunt films. <laughs> um, that's not trivia. The beta, I hardly know him. That's not really I, trivia. Yeah, except for the meme that's part. Not... That's just your opinion. <laughs> that could just, I don't know. Um, what other treasure hunt films are there besides like this and Indiana Goonies. Jones? Goonies. And Goonies, I suppose, yeah. Um, well, wasn't there yeah, one with like some Michael old, like, Douglas and Dane DeVito back in the 80s? 50s movies. Twins. No, yeah, Twins. Yes. Treasure Island. Yeah, I believe that's it. Oh, Muppets Treasure Island. Uh, oh, never mind. That movie's Tintin, that movie also fucks. That's true. Uh, Tintin is... Pirates of the Caribbean. Pretty that's good. Oh, pretty okay. yeah. I guess I didn't think of that as a treasure movie, but yeah. Da Vinci Code without a paddle. So, let me say... Uh, okay, okay. I, I want to say one thing. Tomb Raider. Almost. <laughs> I've been thoroughly <laughs> fucked over here. Yeah, Almost, you said fucking. Some of these owns. I think of more as like adventure than treasure hunt necessarily, but yeah. They're all specifically hunting a treasure in I, them. You're, you're oh, right. You're right. You win this I, round. I'm sorry. You, you you did mention the one where they're looking for DB Cooper's treasure, right? Yeah. Without, yeah, a paddle. without a paddle. That's it. Okay. I was going to say, I was thinking of a movie, and then you said it, and I was like, was, was that it? Yeah. The Goonies or Indiana Jones is referenced in every single Amazon review that I read of this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and it's not a movie. Well, it will be a movie eventually, but don't forget uh, Uncharted, Jess. Oh. Uncharted. That movie will never come How out. could I forget? You heard it here first. That movie will never come out. Oh, it's coming out, and let me tell you what. It's going to be the it. one good video game movie. Well, that's not true. I don't actually. believe It'll that movie be bad. will ever come out. But... 
Um, it's it's going to be in development hell. You he doesn't have any faith in Nathan Fillion. You got no faith in Nathan Fillion. He's look, not involved. Look, 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 we've already made one of the longest episodes. <laughs> That's true. Um, I think we can all agree on one thing, though, and it's that uh, Nathan Fillion sucks. Ben Gates's name is a pun on the film's old times and modern times theme. Ben Franklin what? lived during colonial slash revolutionary times, and Bill Gates is modern day. What? That's insight. That's insight, folks. Yeah, that's that's brilliant. It's what the who the fuck came up with this one? How is Bill Gates related in any way? Hello. Also, he's not a tech genius. He's just a treasure hunter uh, and a kind of a bad one until well, we'll get into it. Well, um, it should have been Riley Gates then, if that was gonna whatever. Yeah. Uh, during a press junket, when asked if he believed the treasure existed, Sean Bean replied, "It's probably in Sheffield." <laughs> <laughs> yes. What? I, I am. Oh, English. that's his hometown. That's his hometown. <laughs> Classic Sean Bean. <laughs> that's not trivia. That just <laughs> what? Uh, and the, the last the last bit of trivia I have um, is that uh, this movie came out uh, on the same day as the SpongeBob movie. Oh shit! Um, and was outdone by the SpongeBob movie. Oh, fuck. and I, I I just wanted to say that. Uh, I was in Philadelphia the weekend this movie came out, oh. and I remember specifically because like every tour guide we had like mentioned National Treasure. Who could blame them? Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, but while I was in Philadelphia, I saw SpongeBob and not National Treasure. <laughs> oh shit! Oh, my God, Mike! Oh you my son of a bitch. motherfuck! So Holy I mean, I was like shit. eight, but mm-hmm. uh, well, no, Still, nine. Stab in the back. Ten. Yeah. I will say that 11? I saw Spongebob I in the theater <laughs> as a child. Before, and you're my age. This. It'd be like, what, 10, 11? I think he would have yeah. been 11. I would have been yeah. 11, 10. I saw this movie in theaters with my father, Actually, and it is a very fond memory. <laughs> I would have been 12 because this came out a week after my birthday. I didn't oh, see this until it came out on DVD, and then I watched it a million times. But anyway, and then you bought it on Blu-ray. SpongeBob. I do. It's sitting over there. I, I know. I saw it earlier. I was like, um, <laughs> I guess let's get into the movie. Uh, it's it's like 3 a.m. where George works, so. <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, so, uh, one more fun fact. Uh, Sean Bean's name should either be pronounced <laughs> Scene Bean. Or Sean Bond. Uh, <laughs> that's trivia. I, I stole that from... Uh, <laughs> to be fair, that's better trivia than what you fucking mentioned, Mike. <laughs> Anyways, uh, getting into a plot summary here. Uh, we open on a stormy night in an attic as the young Benjamin Franklin Gates is told the story by his grandfather. That in 1832, the last surviving signer of the Declaration of Independence told one of the Gates family's long past relatives, it's like a great, 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 great grandfather, of a treasure that was moved around by the Freemasons, who were initially the Knights Templar before becoming the Freemasons. Shout out to Vinci Code. Um, mm -hmm. (laughs) Until finally ending up somewhere in the United States. And there are clues all around, but mostly are all, all the clues are forgotten. The young Gates' father apparently thinks that it's all crazy. So, uh, who? Okay, so there's like the grandfather, the father, and the son are all in here, and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and, uh, they're all talking. And Christopher Plummer is the grandpa for like five seconds. Yeah, he's yes. there, and John Voight is the yes. the, the dad. John Voight, who loves yeah, America so Voight much, does. so he had to be yeah, in this movie. Guy. Yeah, <laughs> he yeah. does love America. God, he's such Christopher a- Plummer is great. Rip, rip to a real one. He just died. Recently. Oh shit! Yeah, that's true. Uh, what I wish John Boyd died recently. 
Mm. Yeah, I do too. They I was gonna say places. I just saw uh, Christopher Plummer uh, in something, and it was uh, the Michael Mann movie that I'm. I actually just right watched now. the Waterloo movie that he was in in the seventies. Oh it's shit! Not a very good movie, but the battle scenes are cool. Are you talking about the, the Russian the Soviet army? one? Yeah, well, it was produced in Italy. It's like a, oh, a kind of an international production, but like the the Russian army lent like twenty thousand soldiers to the production of it. So like the battle scenes wow. are actually full of soldiers that were drilled in Napoleonic tactics. It's kind Shit. of cool. so. It sounds anyway. bomb as fuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the like the movie you're thinking of is The Insider. I I kept I kept <laughs> wanting to say The Informant for some reason. <laughs> Anyways, John Voight's character thinks this is all crazy nonsense, but the young Gates boy swears to one day find this treasure to his grandfather. Great match shot. Great match shot. When the kid, uh, he like ducks his head down and then it cuts to modern day Nick Cage and he raises his head. That's filmmaking, baby. Somebody went to film school. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The turtle. Yeah. And we cut to the present day of 2004 where the young Gates is now a grown Gates played by Nicolas yeah. Cage. Shit. And he's in the Arctic with his treasure hunting crew who include Riley um, and Sean B. Sean Bond. Yeah, Sean Bond. Uh, within the ice, they find the shipwreck of the Charlotte. So funny that they perfectly unseal the exact spot that says Charlotte. I die yeah. laughing. Yeah, that, that is like the the thing he detects with his metal detector is the word Charlotte, which he then digs up. It was a Charlotte detector. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was a very good Charlotte. Wow. That was so good wow. Very good Charlotte. Yeah, it was very good Charlotte. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and within the ship, they find a very fancy carved pipe, which he then immediately knows to just slice his finger open and coat blood all over it so that he can roll that over a sheet of paper. That's not the first time he's had to do it. He's a treasure hunter. He knows these things. Yeah. It could have been ink if he had ink on him, but it, he didn't. So it could have been ink, so he used blood. Yeah, you, yeah. Gotta do, you gotta do what you gotta do That's sometimes. Right. And he reveals the riddle that is written on the side of it. And the riddle leads Cage to believe that there is a hidden map in invisible ink on the back of the Declaration of Independence. And I would like to point out that he goes through this riddle. Like, you remember those Half-Life 3 memes where people would be like, there, there's yeah. a square here. Yeah. The, that's the way he goes through all these, this. But like, at the end of the day, know. he's right. He just kind of word salads his way through it. But he is correct. He's completely correct. Yeah. And Sean Bean says, I'm sorry. Scene Bean <laughs> says he used to organize some mercenary work and that he can he can do that to help them steal the Declaration of Independence so they can get the map. And Cage says no. So Bean gets mad and says, like, well, you're just a hindrance now. I'm going to kill you. Classic. Yeah. Oops. Just immediate murder. And in the fight, Cage drops a flare that ignites all the gunpowder that's on the ship because it's an old 1700 ship. Um... And I that's another thing that really made me laugh. What a fucking swerve when Sean Bean's arm lights on fire from the flare after yeah. he catches it. Oh, and you're yeah. like, oh, he caught it. And then, nope, he's on fire. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was nice. So like uh, Bean and the rest of the crew leave uh, Riley and Cage behind in the burning ship. But the two manage to escape into a, a smuggling hole on the ship so they don't die in the explosion. Convenient. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They just have to walk Very. nine miles in the Arctic to some random village. Yeah. <laughs>
Uh, so Cajun Riley go to the National Archives Museum to warn that the Declaration of Independence will be stolen and to try and see if they can get a look at the document themselves. Likely story. Mm-hmm. I actually really like the writing in that scene. Uh, the like reluctance to reveal too much and seem crazy. Like You can kind of tell that they've already been through the motions of this several times. That's where we lost the uh, Department of Homeland Security. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. <laughs> yeah. So they talk to a woman there named Abigail, who I think is the head of, like, document restoration or something. I don't know. Something like um, that. And the document lady. She's like, you're crazy. There's the no There's no map on the back. Like, I've seen the back. There's no map. And then he's like, it's invisible. It's like, hey, did you put lime juice on it? Yeah. You idiot. You fucking You think they're just going to... And heat. And heat. You fucking You just dumb think bitch. they're going to make the map visible, you fucking moron? Yeah, you put some lemons on it, then you breathe really fucking hard, you dumb cunt. I don't know why I really did like the line, though, where she was like, we got the clue from a carved pipe that we have. Like, And she's like, well, do you have it? He's like, we don't have it. And she says, did Bigfoot take it? I don't know why I thought that was funny. Maybe I just like to hear Bigfoot. because That I was like, like well, the big trailer line. Uh, I remember no, because, because that's thing yeah. is because it's just it's alluding to our future Bigfoot bracket. Oh yes, <laughs> hell yeah, <laughs> that we will one day have, and I am not joking about that. I will. Force oh, I'm not joking either. We're doing it, Lance Henriksen. If you're listening, yes. uh, we would love to have you. On Isn't the he in like bracket. half the movies on that bracket? He's in a He's lot in of at Bigfoot least three movies. Bigfoot movies that I know of. So, um, Cage then resolves to steal the declaration himself. He's inspired to do that by reading some of the lines in the declaration. He believes he's doing the right thing. Um, saying that the only way to protect it from Sean Bean is to steal it themselves. Oh, shit. And uh, they'll do it while the document is in the preservation room, being tended to in order to keep it in good condition. And uh, meanwhile, we see Sean Bean's plan, which is just to explode his way in. (laughs) (laughs) We we get the, uh, when they're talking about how... um, Cage's crew, at least, uh, plans to steal the declaration. We get, like, the cool, like, pre-heist scene of, like, yeah. us seeing everything as it happens normally. Mm. Uh, it's like if uh, yeah. in Ocean, Ocean's movies they were trying to steal historical documents yeah. and stuff. <laughs> well, I, I thought it was really cool that they we see both sides of it and... Uh, the like Nick Cage team is all them doing like nerd like preservation stuff, and then the Sean Bean team is like grenades, <laughs> cocking pistols, yeah. pumping shotguns, like it's just C4. absolute ludicrous. <laughs> um, yeah, there's C4. Uh, also, a great line the uh, preservation room for delicious jams and jellies. Oh, oh yes, <laughs> classic Riley humor. Oh yeah. He's a good comic relief character. Yeah, so, yeah really should, good. I like him a lot. He's a great hangover. <laughs> hey, <laughs> they should. Justin Bartha. He's a great everyman in this movie. He's a great like way for the audience in because not only does he provide someone who doesn't know everything for Nick Cage and uh, the uh, you know person who we're about to have joined the team mm-hmm. uh, to lecture at him and and explain things to him and obviously the audience. Um, but also by making him the funny one, the audience is okay with having this exposition delivered to him because, you know, he gets to have these pithy remarks back at them in a way that makes them feel really engaged with it. 
Uh, I just think it's really smart movie making. Yeah. yeah. And, and speaking of smart movie making, it was pretty smart to take the actor who uh, everybody really loved and thought was funny in this movie and then put him in a comedy movie and uh, he's not in it at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so uh, th- there's like some b- sort of gala event at the National Archives that Cage infiltrates. He pulls off like a fucking James Bond type move where he goes in dressed as a janitor and oh, then yeah. takes off his jumpsuit to reveal a tuxedo. He's and played Hitman. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's played Hitman before. <laughs> uh, he, there he sees uh, Abigail, who he flirts painfully badly with. Um, what are you talking I about? I couldn't accept something like that normally, but I really wanted it. Great line. <laughs> like, he, he gives her a wine glass, but then sees, like, her, her boy comes up and gives her another wine glass. And he's like, oh, let me take that from you uh, so you can take that from him. Uh, how about a toast where he says, here's to the men who did something wrong in order to do what they knew was right. And Abigail immediately figures out that he's stealing the Declaration you know of Independence because <laughs> he's not a boy. That, she's not that a dude has the subtlety of me talking. Talking about Rumblefish before I say my feelings. You like, know, dude, you could have said that a little less obviously. Hey, yeah, who, who he's got a real he flair for the dramatic. Who is he to know that she was going to figure it out? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, no way to know. But in the process, though, off of that wine glass he handed her, he gets her fingerprints Ooh. and he uses oh. them to get into the back rooms of the archives through the fingerprint sensors. Valley Forge. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, Forge, if, any, yes. if anyone gets to this point, the password is Valley Forge. Yes, so. yeah. That's the way to get in. It's in the movie. But um, as Cage gets to the declaration, Sean Bean and his crew begin to break their way into the archives. And uh, they find Cage running off with the declaration, and they start shooting at him, but he manages to get down the elevator. I feel like when, you, when you're being shot at, you, maybe you should take the stairs. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> maybe. I don't think there was a, there works there. It's a real fire hazard. <laughs> yeah, it's true. The fire marshal needs to shut down the archives. But, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, on the way out, he is confronted by Abigail, who he then gives the declaration to. And, so uh, slick. I, I love this bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he, uh, she is immediately kidnapped by Sean Bean afterwards. And uh, there's a lot of car chases in movies. Not a lot of van chasing fake food truck chases. <laughs> yes, that's true. I think this is a lot of fun. It is, we've had a fun. boat chase in this bracket. Now we've had a, a van chase. Yeah, a van chase. A food truck chase. Oh, yeah, sorry. We need yeah. a Garfield food truck chase. Absolutely. They gotta give us their fucking money first, yeah, though. Yeah, god damn. Promenade Studios or John Favreau, if you're listening, give us that food truck money. Yeah, I yeah. know we haven't mentioned it in a while, but maybe it's because we haven't gotten paid. That's yeah. true. <laughs> maybe if you fucking paid us more, we talk about you. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I'd keep playing that uh, if you paid me to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, they they managed to rescue Abigail, but the declaration is left behind. Except it's not, because what? the document oh. is a fake oh. that Cage bought in the gift shop. Wait, Wait hit the siren. Oh, yes, Dave, please. He's probably friggin' stoned to his bone. Uh, wow. Right Rip. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, like, um, uh, that, yeah. that is a really fun scene, because, like, we did see him, I should have mentioned, we did see him after he gets the document walking out through the gift shop, and the cashier is like, hey, are you stealing that? You have to buy it, and points to, like, great, a bin full of, scene. yeah, like, yes. uh, fake declarations. So you assume he just paid for the real declaration, but he actually bought a fake one to fake out, and it's just cool. It's a nice little scene. 
And it's such a great – like a, a misdirect because obviously they lead you to think that he's only going to pay for the one because yeah. he, he's just short of the cash. Yeah. And so the like, obviously you're like, oh, all right, he's just going to pay for that. But great thinking by Mr. Cage there, Mr. Gates, I should say, mm-hmm. to say, well, if I'm already going to be splurging yeah. <laughs> with the credit card, I have to use my visa – Dude, Let's swipe break out everywhere. a second one, baby. Yeah. Hell yeah. Spending, yeah, that was spending that plastic. That was honestly really hilarious because, uh, you know, we'll get into it a little bit. But the like FBI shows up or. Yeah. Yeah. So Dude, it's... how how long do you think that Harvey Keitel was on set for? I'm gonna one s- day, two days. Oh, I'm going to say I'm going to say three days. I totally wow. forgot that he was in this movie. I did, I did too. too. Yeah. That was um, so funny to me that Harvey Keitel is the FBI agent in this yeah. movie. When he shows up, he's like, oh, he paid with a visa? I I cackled laughing. And I bet yeah. he, I bet a fucking Harvey Keitel was using Yahoo in this movie. Oh, I bet, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Harvey Keitel is an FBI agent who is then called in to retrieve the declaration. Find it, you know? It's been stolen. Somebody stole the Declaration Somebody of Independence. Somebody fucking stole the <laughs> piece of shit Declaration of Independence. What's next? They're going to kidnap the president? Mm-hmm. I want to see Harvey Keitel have, like, bad lieutenant-level crazy performances as this character. Um, Takes his shirt off as in his naked, like, absolutely. in his apartment. Like, I'm going to fucking find the Declaration. He's trying he, to out-freak out Cage. He's, like, putting a gun up to his head. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> but, um... um they, they're pretty quickly able to determine that Cage is involved from his credit card transaction in the gift shop, and they get <laughs> right onto his trail. Right onto it. Cage takes the Declaration of Independence to his father, John Boyd, whom he does not get along with, and convinces him to let them inspect it there, or do some inspection there, although he doesn't know it's the Declaration initially, but like yeah. he, when he finds out, he has a little bit of a panic attack. Like, oh, you threw your life away. Oh. And then he gets like a Funny boner reaction. because he's like... In the presence of the Declaration of Independence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they this make everyone uncomfortable. <laughs> so uh, they lightly coat it with lemon juice and hit it with a hairdryer to reveal a cipher that has been hidden with ink. And they use this cipher on the silence do good letters, which are some letters that Benjamin Franklin wrote back when he was a kid, to determine that the next clue is at the Liberty Bell where they must be at a very specific time in order to get that clue. I'm jumping over a lot of the movie here and just kind of compressing it. But. All right, wait. I, one, one last thing before mm-hmm. I let you jump ahead is that I have to say the extra who is there when he's telling about the clock on the back of the 100, when they sarcastically say fascinating from off screen is like maybe <laughs> the best comedic delivery of any line in this entire mm. fucking movie. That is really it is good. Truly remarkable. She's not even on camera for it. Mm-hmm. And it stands yeah. out so much. It's so funny. So it funny. is really funny. I do love how like it in that scene too, like Cage is initially just talking to and explaining it to like Riley and Abigail and then just turns to her and starts saying it too because he, he can tell he's such a fucking nerd that he just wants to talk about this shit. But, yeah. Oh, and um, there's no thing to I want take the hunger back. Yeah. <laughs> there's nothing I wanted to add too because me and Mike were talking about it a couple of days ago. I was told that you stay on any movie shot or made in, in Philly. Is that correct? I mean, I don't say no to it. And the fact that they actually shot in here, I mean, they're running through like every fucking landmark. They go through Reading Terminal. They're going through Old City. They hit Independence mm. Hall. They like and it's like you can like recognize the actual architecture of the parks that he runs through and stuff. I'm like, shit, dog. They really got the whole thing. All right. Cause I was going to say M. Night Shyamalan must be your favorite director then. <laughs> I mean, I don't hate him. <sighs> we'll get into that someday. Sixth Sense is great. Sixth Sense is great. I will. Good movie. Unbreakable is great, too. Unbreakable is great. Yeah. Unbreakable. Um. 
So they managed to get that clue, although I won't get into it too much. They had to be there at a specific time because the sun casts a shadow at that time. But also, I believe the shadow should change depending on the time of year because it's on like it's in the northern. Yeah, 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 uh, they have to be there at four twenty. Yeah, yeah, they got to smoke some weed and then they'll they'll find it. That's how they. That's how they come up with it. We got to blow weed smoke on the back of the Declaration of Independence. (laughs) But uh, so they, they get that clue, which are some funky glasses they have to use when looking at the declaration to see the shit that's on the back. Yes, and for historians, those are Spider Jerusalem's glasses. But uh, they're they're soon pursued by Sean Bean's crew, who managed to get the declaration from them, and uh, accents from all over the UK. Yeah, yeah. all over the place. Immediately after, basically after they lose the declaration. The FBI shows up and arrests Nicolas Cage. Dun, so, dun, dun. this is one bad thing after another. You might say this is like the end of Act Two, and the hero is at his <laughs> lowest point. <laughs> <laughs> you could say that. Uh, you could say that. So he makes a deal with the FBI to help retrieve the Declaration of Independence, and they receive a call from Sean Bean, telling him to meet alone on the deck of an aircraft carrier and bring those glasses with him. So when he arrives. Uh, they managed to steal him away from the FBI with some trickery that throws off, like, the the, the earpiece that he had in and all sorts of shit. And there's, like, a helicopter and a jammer. I don't know. And uh, once he's with Sean Bean's crew, they find out that apparently Abigail and Riley have kind of hijacked this situation in order to free Cage from FBI custody. And they made a deal with Sean Bean. But uh, Bean expects the treasure for himself at the end of this deal, essentially. That's that's his end of the bargain. But uh, free Bean. Or free, free cage. Yeah, free cage. Goddamn. Cage he's, free, even. <laughs> he's gated up. Free cage. Un- he's un- been in an un-gate gates. unlawful conservative ship. <laughs> um, the, like, the, the, their plan kind of falls apart, and basically Riley, Abigail, and they bring out Cage's father, John Voigt. <laughs> Do you think that's John Voight's real hair? Oh, um, I don't know. Yeah, don't it know. was really something in this movie. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure if that's his real hair or not. I, I don't I, think it was. I don't think so. So yeah, they're they're all taken prisoner by the Bean Crew, <laughs> the Bean Flickers. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Bean, Bean. <laughs> well, I believe they're all they're all from Bean Town, isn't that right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, when I said the UK, I meant Boston. Yeah. <laughs> So using the glasses, they determine they must go to Trinity Church, which is on Broadway and Wall Street in New York City, and go through some underground catacombs there. And they find a huge carved cavern with some old planks and, like, leading all the way down it. There's, like, an old pathway, and it's very unstable. Osho would have a fit. There's some peril as the planks fall apart, but they make it through. So, well, some of them do. A couple of them die. Yeah, one of Sean Bean's <laughs> dudes just falls to his death. I think two of them do because he, he enters in with like three of them and only one of them oh. ends up down there. Yeah, the, the no-namers. They, yeah, the no-namers. Who the cares? They're henchmen. I think they're I think they're European. Who cares about them? <laughs> oh, honestly. Fucking um, soccer hooligans. Yeah. And once they make it through this, they arrive at a weird little like octagonal room that seems to be a dead end. And Cage, he begins to lose faith. And he says, you know, like, we're giving up here. There's not any other clues. We're done. There's nothing. And Sean Bean is like, well, all right, I'm going to leave you guys to die here. I'm sure I'll find some more clues. And then John Voight on the way out is like, wait, I've got to give you a false clue. 
And that's that you have to go all the way to Boston. And then uh, he's like, great. Uh, I know exactly where to find you. If there's more clues, bye-bye. And he leaves. So they appear to be trapped there. But it turns out, it turns out that Cage was lying. He hasn't given up faith. He knows that he just got to open this door and they get to the treasure room. And I, you know what I like about that? Because they do mention, I think it's on the, the Charlotte uh, ship where he's like, oh, you were yeah. always bad at playing cards or something like that. Mm, so yeah. it is alluded to early. I was like, no, oh, his poker face is actually pretty good when it really counts. Yeah. <laughs> They mentioned it like twice, actually. They mentioned it's almost like a rule of threes thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! It's a uh, but yeah. Um, so they they find the treasure room. Well, actually, they open it and there's a fake out empty treasure room. But then they open another room and that and find the real treasure room. That part I feel like could have been cut. <laughs> it's it's the the room with the alligator in it, uh, like that Nathan for you episode. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they gotta go through a three foot door into a room with an alligator. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so they find the treasure room. It's full of golden shit, like pharaoh statues and stuff. As far as yeah. the eye can see. Yes. When they light that sconce, oh man, what a moment. That's yeah. cinema, baby. That yeah. that moment was fucking like, even as a 28-year-old man, I saw that and I'm like, <gasps> like my mouth was wide open. I haven't seen this movie since I was a kid, to be fair. So I don't yeah, remember I, everything I, about I it. I haven't seen this since I was a teenager. So. Wow. Um, I watch it every like three years or so. Oh, <laughs> Uh, but everyone rejoices. They found the treasure, and there's a second way out, so they're not trapped there anymore. And that's that's why Riley's happy. That's also very convenient. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, and also the uh, lead singer of Trapped is there, um, <laughs> and he's sharing his opinions <sighs> with John Voight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they're they're happy to get out because they don't have to talk to him anymore. <laughs> so the FBI shows up, and uh, Kaitel is like, "Hey." Somebody's got to go to prison. He's like, I know the guy. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, I, well, I got a guy for you. His name's Scene Bean, and and they're like, what and he was a mason all along. Mm-hmm. Oh, I noticed that he's got the little ra- was it the little ring on his? Yeah, finger? he has the ring that says he's a Freemason. He was in on it. Oh Ta-da. shit! So uh, they make uh, Sean Bean go to prison, and none of the Cage crew does. Um, which the whip sound effect when they slam Sean Bean on the car for his arrest is just. Yeah. Amazing! It's so funny. I didn't even I didn't notice that. I actually. didn't notice that either, to be honest. <laughs> oh man! Next time, next time you watch. Oh shit! <laughs> Hell yeah! So Cage, uh, Cage plans to give the treasure to museums all around the world, and he makes some justification <laughs> about this involving the United States government and spreading of power. Fucking even though nerd. Yeah. Uh, so they they get to keep like one percent of it in a deal. And uh, so and 1% still makes them very rich. And Cage and Abigail now together go into their new mansion. And Riley drives off in a Rari. And uh, yeah, that's that's the end of the movie. Yeah. And uh, so so what do we Hell have yeah. in this movie? Let this me movie fucking rocks. Yeah, this movie fucking rocks. This, I love movie, this movie fucking rocks. And I want Riley to bed me down in the backseat of that <laughs> Ferrari, baby. Mm-hmm. If I had to bang anyone in this movie, it would be Riley. I'll be oh, honest. yeah. Riley rocks. True. Yeah. True. Diane Kruger, not my type. Sorry, girl. Mm-hmm. Riley. Oh, yeah. I don't take either of them. I'm going Wiley for Riley. And I'll take baby. Nicolas Cage from Rumblefish. Well, well, <laughs> why not both, Jess? Uh, why not? Yeah. Well, I mean, they, there was an orgy in Rumblefish. Just get it's all true. that orgy together and with Cage characters from this movie. I want to wow. see Jess get an Eiffel Tower by Nicolas Cage and Riley. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Holy shit. So, uh, uh, I think this is a solid, very entertaining film. Very good movie. Uh, one complaint I can have about it, maybe. Little too into the American myth. 
uh, and the idea of American exceptionalism. But whatever, I, well, what were you going to expect yeah. from a movie called National Treasure that's hey, basically um, based around U.S. Yeah. history? I got a question that's- for you. You got a problem with being the greatest freaking country in the world? Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, here, this is what I'll say. That's edutainment. Yes. <laughs> yes. There we go. It um, is, it's, it's good popcorn humor that you uh, can watch in like a history class in fourth grade and maybe learn two things. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is odd how many oh, times yeah. I watch this like in different history classes. That's where I watched school. it the first time, actually. Like, <laughs> uh, I, I don't understand uh, what I was learning from this, uh, <laughs> except for that this movie fucking rocks. You learned yeah. what the silent Philadelphia exists. Were. Yeah. Well, yes. also you learn what the actual history of Wall Street was, too, because they explain that. Oh, yeah, that's, that's true. true. Um, and that's like a genuine historical fact. Yeah, that yeah. is a nice little fun factoid to learn. Um, oh, wait, one other thing I did want to say about my final thoughts is uh, Da Vinci Code can get fucked. I agree. Division uh, came out like <laughs> yeah. Fuck you, Dan Brown. I think it came out like the same year, like a few months after. Soon, I, I read a lot of Dan Brown books as a kid because I was yeah. an insufferable dork. I, I mean, uh, same. I loved the Da Vinci Code uh, dude, when I was Da Vinci a kid. Code, Angels and Demons, Digital Fortress, Digital oh, Fortress. Man, I was uh, all about that. Unfortunately, I there was fell like some off, summit uh, one. before the they. They cemented the Robert Langdon trilogy. Uh, yeah, the me too. Book that was but. Inferno. I think it is. I yeah, didn't, yeah, I didn't read right. that one either. Never. Uh, I, I had outgrown it by that point. But there um, is a movie of it. I haven't really? even seen that. Yeah. Shit. Is it got Hanks or no? It does. It's Hanks official. Wait, what the fuck? Really? That's yeah. I, mean, I heard. Oh, it. you know what? I do remember that coming out. Is is Tom Hanks married to Dan Brown? Because he's in every one of his fucking movies. <laughs> well, I they're swear. they're both in the it's same. Uh, he's the same character. Pedophile ring. Oh, uh, they're all the same character. Yeah. And well, yeah, part of the same. He, he, that's why he got Greek citizenship, right? <laughs> Tom Hanks got Greek citizenship. <laughs> I yeah. For some reason, Tom Hanks is the poster boy. <laughs> Of uh, pedophiles for the QAnon. He's too crowd. clean. He's yeah, too clean. He's just too clean. Yeah. You seen He's... Turner and Hooch? There's something fucking wrong. <laughs> <Yeah. there. laughs> uh, oh shit! The the one last thing that I will say, and uh, let me preface saying I do like this movie a lot. It's a great movie, Uh-oh. but it truly it is appropriate that this uh, the national treasure of our country that is built on uh, colonialism and imperialism is a treasure collected from various imperialist raids of, of random countries. <laughs> dating back to the Roman era. Yeah, dating back to the Roman era. So there we go. Yeah, well, I would say that the real national treasure was the friends they made along the way. Yeah, I was going to say the real national treasure is inside of us. The real national treasure right. is the flag, and if you don't stand for it, <laughs> then you're going to kneel at my church yeah <laughs> and, and this go. gun that's guaranteed to me by the second uh, amendment i'm gonna say um, the real national pleasure the, uh the potato company hey dave <laughs> get fucked i was gonna say the real national pleasure is or real national treasure is national pleasure yeah, oh yes that's true uh, shout out to national pleasure he, the band who does our theme song and yes. yeah they, they used to have some drama that we haven't talked about. Yeah, uh, we haven't talked about national <laughs> pleasure drama in quite some yeah, time. I've been trying to keep it to myself. Um, <laughs> the boys, uh, they're, uh, when oh, they found out what type of numbers we do, they got very um, uptight about me talking so often <laughs> about their baggage. So they wanted to kind of save it for the what do you call that? There's the, some the, kind the of monster VH1 documentary type music thing. Type of yeah. Deal. Yeah. yeah, oh, they'll be back with some hot shit, don't worry. They've been in rehab, too. That's oh, the other shit, thing. Yeah, but, <laughs> That'll yeah. do it. Um, yeah, just know. like Nick Cage should probably be in rehab at some point for his massive cocaine addiction. It's only a matter of time, baby. Um, 
I my my one last point of this movie too. I fucking love this movie. I think it was very entertaining, and I really I did not. I mean, I didn't hate it when I was a kid, but I was just like, oh, it's another movie, I guess. But I, I love how as an adult, I gained much more appreciation for this movie <laughs> than as a child. And I don't really know why, because a lot of these movies to me just like kind of like frustrate me as an adult. But I'm like, oh, no, this is like a this is like a positive movie where like the good yeah. guys win. Yeah. And it's goofy. It's, it's got some fun stuff. And it is very standard movie. It's not like doesn't doesn't do any like crazy shit in it or anything this like movie that. movie is just fun as hell yeah. it really is and really I think this was movie. this really reminds me of and makes sense of course uh, 60, uh, Gone in 60 Seconds because they're both Jerry Bruckheimer movies I believe and like that movie too it's like a simple fun movie you don't really have to think that hard that movie fucking rocks yeah and that movie fucking rocks too also not very well liked by critics just like National Treasure mm-hmm. Delroy Lindo uh, if you're listening uh, come on the podcast <laughs> yo the dude with the glasses in this movie you know what I'm talking about I, I remember there's like a scene at the end where he's in a convertible. Oh, yeah, Riley. Riley. Oh, Riley, yeah. Is that, yeah, I call him the dude with the glasses. Um, <laughs> he's probably not too successful, right? We could probably get him, right? We could get him as a guest on the show, yeah. Yeah, Do you think we should really, yeah he's available. You think we could reach out to him on Twitter? <laughs> I'm going to look it up. Just search Definitely. for dude with the glasses. Yeah. Uh, if not, we'll get Zach Braff. Um, Roger Ebert gave this movie two stars. Fuck you, Roger Ebert. Yeah, that's fucking trash. Yeah, that's... that's yeah, I bet if I was bad at my fucking job, I'd do the same. <laughs> Just well, hey, George, it makes you feel any better. Uh, George Ebert... Or George Ebert, Jesus Christ. Uh, Roger Ebert uh, gave Rumblefish 3.5 out of 4. Ooh. Well, Roger Ebert is famously the villain of my podcast. So. <laughs> okay, good. So it's like, you know what? It's like, broken clock, motherfucker. That's right, that's right. <laughs> And it was the clock that they looked at on the back of the $100 bill. Yeah. <laughs> was there oh, ever a shit. Roger Ebert, John Carpenter episode of uh, 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 Celebrity uh, Deathmatch? Or what, what, what the fuck there was that called? There should be. In an MTV show with yeah. the claymation? I think it was called Celebrity yeah. Deathmatch. Well, Dave, what's your review of the, or what's your plot summary of this one? Yeah, you, really, Dave. What? Chatty bitch. What? Fucking cunt. You got a plot summary, Dave? What? You got, you got... Hey, Dave, you got a plot summary? Uh, you know, it's funny. These people, they go to sleep. They think everything's fine, everything's good. They wake up the next day and they're on fire. Uh, yeah. Just like Cage woke up on fire with his riddle song. Well, to be fair, Scene Bean was on fire. On Bean, yeah. Uh, yeah. Can't really argue with any so, of that. I uh, can't either. Solid plot summary, then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Dave, you're a piece of shit, but at least you're paying attention. <laughs> Hi, um, is this the, uh, Dave. the potato company? <laughs> I'll never not be funny. <laughs> um. Well, uh, if there's nothing else, I uh, I guess I can get to to the Amazon reviews. I don't have a ton for this one actually because, <gasps> uh, like I said, it was mostly people uh, comparing it to other movies that they liked better. Wow! Um, oh, so, come on. Uh, and those movies again are either Goonies, Da Vinci Code, or Indiana Jones. Pick one. Okay, at well, least one out of three of those. He, no here's fucking, an idea: review no it for what it is and not what it isn't. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So let's see what the some of the assholes had to say. Uh, I got a review from Kathleen who says, "Love Cadge." Um, <laughs> okay. There are two actors who can love do. Cadge, baby, love Cadge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there are two actors who can and do do anything: Johnny Depp do and do. Nicholas Cadge. All right, what the fuck? Life. They're just. Kidding. How do you spell that? Uh, C-A-D-G-E. 
What? Uh, no one's ever spelled the Cajun name like and that. And they are friends, which is nice. Both have had bad reviews from the press, and hopefully Mr. Depp will follow Cadge's example and go on to making films we enjoy. I loved this film. Had to come on here to get it. WM's carry the second, but not first. Interesting. Um, is that, I don't what? know if that means Walmart. Um, oh. Oh. Uh, uh, oh, no. They are, they are a set and both very good. They could make a third and I would buy it too. But Disney is not what it was when Walt Disney ran the place. Oh, yeah. He and the old man at WM's were not very good at making out wills to have their lead on live on. I don't know what, what this person is talking about. <laughs> I don't know what this person is talking about. Um, what? Yeah, I mean... Well, certainly Disney was much better when Walt Disney was heading it, and it was a little more... Yeah. I don't know. Um, racist. Yeah, racist, yeah, yeah. Uh, anti-Semitic. Uh, <laughs> well, and you know, Walt Disney wasn't that like, visionary was, of a person, no. because he decided to get an animated character for Mickey Mouse when they could have just had Jay Baruchel. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sure. I, I, honestly, huge oversight on his part. I was going to say they dead. were more ruthlessly capitalist, but I don't think that's true. Oh, <laughs> uh, considering Disney owns everything now, I'm going to say probably not. No. Uh, I have a review from Stephen Dickensheets, uh, who oh. writes a so, day. Uh, Dick on sheets? Uh, no, uh, one word, Dickensheets. Uh, okay, so he's, he's fucking his sheets. Uh, his review is titled The Day in the Park. Uh, it's a rare time, indeed, when you, you can take the whole family to a theme park today and have a great time for under $20. <laughs> the excitement is fun. The images are wonderful and they make our kids gasp and giggle and shriek with delight. <laughs> the Me family too. can return as often as they want and we don't have to rationalize the visit. We are not the film elite. We just love a movie we can all enjoy together. <laughs> Name another film made recently that we could do that without getting the double entendre or the poor choices of dialogue and overblown special effects just to make the top 10 R ratings. <laughs> I am what? grateful for this movie and those like it, i.e. secondhand lions. <laughs> That's all I have to add. <laughs> it's a five star keeper. Hope they Blu-ray this. Is Secondhand Lions, is that like a, a used video store or something? Secondhand Lions is a movie about yeah, a movie. two old Haley Joel guys. Osment, baby. Yeah, Haley Joel Osment, uh, Robert Duvall. Robert Duvall. Yeah, um, Michael Caine. Fuck. And Michael Caine. They're two old guys who have a grandson and a... That's lion. another adventure movie. It's not a treasure movie, but uh, it's as heartwarming yeah, it as a, this one. I've literally well, never they heard of They have a fortune, and he's looking, he's You're looking right. for their money. You're right. I've literally never heard of this movie before in my life. Um... It's a movie. It exists. <laughs> um, it's fine. It's okay. It's not bad. Um, it's heartwarming. It's whatever. Yeah. Wholesome but schmaltzy. Yes. Hell yeah. Exactly. Um, I have a review from Donna who says, what I lie about this movie. Um, <laughs> movie is all about finding the treasure. I don't believe her. <laughs> she just said. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. There's some fishy ass shit going on with you, Donna. Cage has to find the clues that lead to the national treasure. In the process of looking for these clues, he gets into more situations. Some are fun. <laughs> then there is a man after the same thing. He's following oh Cage God. so he can steal it from Cage. Movie is about <laughs> how they eventually get to the treasure. A lot of action and almost death situations. Great action movie. I, I do love a movie Great where you review. get into some situations. <laughs> Great review. Bomb review. 
Movie is about how they eventually get to their treasure. <laughs> uh, I have a review from Christopher Landry, who says, one of the best movies of this decade. The reviewer from Dallas, Texas, is absolute correct. This is a wonderful movie that stands alone by itself, and it is one of our classics that will be and is appreciated because it is just a great motion picture. It's not full of bad words, unnecessary sex and gore, mm -hmm. like the Dallas Observer stated. Like so <laughs> many crappy movies today, my picks of superb movies in this decade, so far this beauty, Superman Returns, Amazing Grace, <laughs> and Finding Nemo. Outstanding movies that are clean. It's old fashioned and ain't it great. Thank you for those involved that this movie was made. God bless them. Now, I've never actually seen Superman Returns. Okay, it's but, so to be fair, talk uh, about gore. Yeah, he gets shot in the eye in that movie. He does, but it, I've seen that scene, and the bullet just flattens. It's no, that's not true. I saw a movie that was very similar to that, where he gets shot in the eye and he falls off the building. Oh. I saw the one where he, uh, his penis got all gored by a bunch of warthogs. Yeah. Did you see that one? <laughs> they make a bunch of dumb Paris Hilton jokes. Oh, no, that was Epic Movie or whatever. Oh, Never mind. Epic Movie. Uh, that's what that was. Uh, a better, I, Probably a better movie than Superman Returns. I have not probably seen close. Epic Movie. Whatever. Um, I miss parody movies. Come on. Yeah. Those were pretty much all made by the same Where two the guys. Oh, no, they, they literally were. Yeah, they were made by a series of two directors. The Zucker all, Brothers. That, that was it. Mm -hmm. uh, no. Uh, whoever is editing this episode, please cut Mike saying bring back parody movies. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, no, actually. The wins. The, uh, no. The potato company. Um, I have a review from Jarnfast73 who says, Founding Fathers... Rolling in their salve-dug graves. Salve? Salve. <laughs> Is this salve like a medicinal treatment? <laughs> yeah. I post this review posthumously. Uh, rest in peace, I guess. Um, yeah, well, what, uh, what? What? <laughs> Does he have like two days to live? What uh, the fuck? This person, I don't know, just opened a dictionary and just picked some words to sound smart. This was last year, so jarn fast. Um, rest in, rest peace. in peace. Really? Uh, I post this review posthumously for the sheer fact that Nicolas Cage's career is almost dead. No, uh, it's not. Or as alive as the ideal set in place by the document surrounding this movie's plot. No. Perhaps 16 years ago, audiences bought into this contrivancy that this film was worth the price of admission. I, perhaps too, at an early age, having seen this on a field trip, did as well. As naive a viewer as is required to buy into the notion put in place by the U.S. government of centuries past and present, a government for the people, by the people, that supports neither claim and or protects nothing in Relation, uh, this is very hard to read. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, I know, Jess, it's very hard that you look, wrote this, okay? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that supports neither claim or protects nothing in relation to its citizens' right to life as a <laughs> equal statesman. Perhaps <laughs> due to being incredibly short-sighted or perhaps our system is forever broken by the never-ending quest to stockpile vast amounts of excess wealth. We stand stupefied zombies over entertained and droning on ceaseless, ceaselessly and inconsequentially, surviving on a steady, flowing IV drip consisting of life milestones and the latter. Perhaps we can... Uh, the, that doesn't the, even make any sense. The, the latter as in the corporate ladder. Oh, okay. um, 
Perhaps we can get our leading man to star in a movie that features a stark contrast and commentary on modern corruption and neo-fascism. We can throw in some toupee references just to support the whole facade. Okay. Two oh, stars. I, so clearly they think that it's also a wig. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so to be clear, right, there's a time and place for things like that. This isn't the time and place for it. Yeah, this is, uh, look, <laughs> they got the right idea. They're a bad writer. Yeah, uh, they're a horrible uh, writer. <laughs> and pretentious as shit. But, uh, you know, like, I, I can't say I disagree with a lot of the things you're talking about there, but uh, also, I, I don't like, disagree I don't with the sentiments. Movie. Uh, but maybe communicate them better and somewhere else. Yeah, um, yeah really. Our last review comes from Concerned Citizen, mm-hmm. uh, who says, It's good to be told who the good guys are. <laughs> <laughs> this was an example of the Freemasons trying to show how good and noble, though somewhat mysterious, they have been and still are. <laughs> yes, they are secret, but only for the betterment of society. This is a total social engineering scenario by Walt Disney Studios, where they know that parents don't want to send youthful filmgoers to see cheap sex or foul language, but don't care, or aren't smart enough to care, that their young charges get the brainwashing line that Masons are good. And have always led, uh, and are still leading the way to social justice for the universe. Unlike... Um, Rumblefish, where they don't tell you who to who's the good guy. Exactly. I'm You're always sure. interested by people who believe in Freemason conspiracies because you know you can just like freely join. You can just literally walk into a play a yeah. Freemason thing and then be like, "Hey, I want to join." I've literally been in a Freemason temple before and they're like, "Hey, welcome." Yeah. I don't even do anything. I'm just like, "Hey, what's up? I'm here. I just want to <laughs> well, see this cool building." I can't join. Oh, I want to. I want to join. Men the- can join. Oh, yes. um, I want to join the the stone cutters from The Simpsons. Yes, absolutely. Me too. Um, I want to join the pizza cutters. Ooh. <laughs> Concerned Citizen goes on to say, I would be more interested in seeing an historically accurate film on the 1826 death <laughs> of Willie Morgan, who was the author of Freemasonry Exposed and the subsequent rise of the anti-Mason party. But that wouldn't sell like Masonic Satanic Fantasia. Okay, so first off, you're going to mention Masonic cons- Satanic Fantasia. You're going to mention a cons- anti-Masonic conspiracy theory from 200 years ago. Besides, what? the Masons need to recruit some good men for their Blue Lodge's like, fool's I mean- facade so that cover can be given to the real movers and shakers to develop their <laughs> one world satanic order. What? <laughs> one star. Uh, what the fuck was that review? That was insane. <laughs> like we've we've read some reviews that are funny and incoherent. That was insane. I was hoping to find more insane reviews <laughs> like that, just based on the subject matter yeah. of this movie. But it was mostly just people comparing it to other movies, uh, and saying that they hated it. Anti Masonic. Does has anyone ever cared about the Masons in the last hundred years? As like that's it, exactly what they want. I guess um, yeah. That's ask true. Dan Brown. So. Uh, <laughs> That's all I got. Okay. Okay, fair well, enough. Uh, that was that was the end. <laughs> if that's uh if that's that's all we got for the Amazon reviews, then all that's left for this episode is the vote. The fucking vote. And uh this is gonna be a tricky one for me. It'll be very be interesting. So I went into this fully expecting National Treasure to just blow this away, because it's one of the my favorite cage movies. It's one of the only classic. ones I actually saw before undergoing this project to watch this every arduous cage journey. Movie. Yes. Um, yeah, you were mostly oh. only watching Kevin Spacey movies before. God damn it. I don't, uh, just like seven? Seven more Kevin Spacey movies, please. 
Uh, what was I even saying? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, uh, Taylor, you can pretty much set out the vote. We know how you're going. No, uh, I, 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 want a, I want a chance. Because you, you never know what I'm going to say. Uh, this is, this I is wonder. A, this is a tough vote. What? No, but, this is a tough vote for me. But I was going to say, Dave, do you want to do the countdown? Oh, hell no. Nah. What's up, dog? Yes, uh, Dave, please, please, can you give us a little countdown? It'll help us out a little bit. Please, for the love of God. I need some of time to think. fucking God. Please. Dave, it's getting late, bro. Yeah, yeah come, come on. on. I'll play. One. Two. Three. National, National, treasure. National treasure. National treasure. National treasure. Oh, oh, hey. oh really? <laughs> yes! Okay. And I will say, I'm glad this was unanimous. However, uh, George, you have convinced me. I will, I genuinely will buy Rumblefish on Blu-ray and I'm going to watch it again. I'm going to give wow. it more of a chance because I do, I honestly do want to like see what you're getting out of this and be like, oh, maybe he's got a point. Yeah, look, I mean, no one was more surprised about Rumblefish than me. You know, <laughs> I came into this expecting to be bragging on that and ch championing national treasure the entire time i kept saying where's ewan mcgregor <laughs> yeah we were looking for big fish yeah <laughs> um, I, I like them both i like them both but ultimately i think that uh the family fun value of national treasure and the fact that you know i have a lot of my own nostalgic baggage tied up in it and the fact that i live in philadelphia yeah you know there's a lot going on with it that uh just makes me love it absolutely mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I I hadn't heard of Rumblefish before this actually, and I'm watching either. it. Um, I don't know. It, it was an interesting movie that I do feel like I want to rewatch, and it feels bad to eliminate it on its first viewing, but it would also feel far, very bad to to eliminate National Treasure from a Nicolas yeah. Cage podcast. Yeah, well, especially on its first round too. Yeah, that would be yeah. like picking Lord of War over Snowden. It wouldn't be like that at all. <laughs> Uh, no, because National Treasure is like a top 10 Nick Cage movie, and Lord of War is like... Top 20. Yeah, top 20. Yeah, so, and, and National yeah, Treasure... I, might, like, I actually might even give you top 20. I, I didn't dislike Lord of War. I just liked Snowden I, better. I, I Same exact thing. <laughs> like, I didn't dislike I, Lord of War. Snowden was out just Out of the movies I've seen, I'd probably put Snowden in the top 20 for me, so... I would say Snowden and National Treasure, two movies that both won... But both need more Buffalo Springfield. Okay. I you do agree with stop. that. Stop. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so true. All right. So now bringing in the, the ranking here. So the eliminated film is uh, Rumblefish. And starting at the bottom of the list, we are going to go through every movie that's been rated and vote on whether it's better or worse. If it's better, it moves up on that list. If it's worse, it stops right there. And that's where it goes. So bottom of the list. 211. Is Rumblefish better or worse? It's better. Oh, way better. If anyone way says better. worse, I will punch you. <laughs> yeah. Even Taylor uh, can agree. Oh, yeah. 211 is unwatchable garbage. Total trash. <laughs> the Runner. Better. better. Christmas Carol the Movie. Better. better. USS Indianapolis Men of Courage. Better. 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 Worst title. Oh, oh, worst title. That's worst true. Title. I will agree with that. Outcast. Better. 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 Rage. Better. better. Zandily. Better. 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 Dying of the Light. Better. better. The Ant Bully. Better. better. Worse. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. Uh, 
This is where Taylor changes his mind. Oh, yeah, left yeah. behind. Better. better. Better? Although I did enjoy Left Behind more. Okay. <laughs> 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 Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Way better, fucking better. Better, better, better. Nick so, Cage is a homo. Yes, he is. Sonny. Better. better. Arsenal. Better. better. The Humanity Bureau. Better. better. Army of One. Better. Better. We could, we could just jump to the top of the list. No, no, let's keep going. Funny. <laughs> okay. The Sorcerer's Apprentice. Better. 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 World Trade Center. Better. I like this Sorcerer's Apprentice. <laughs> oh, yeah. hey, they, they, Dude, would uh, you say it's better than Rumblefish? No, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> there we go. That's four votes for better. <laughs> um, World Trade Center. Better. better. Joe. Better. better. Guarding Tess. Better. better. Pay the Ghost. Better. better. Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. Better. better. Bangkok Dangerous. Better. better. Firebirds. Better. better. Birdie. Better. Better. Stolen. Better. 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 G-Force. Better. Better. Worse. No, I'm just kidding. Better. <laughs> better. Ghost Rider. Better. better. Looking Glass. Better. better. Amos and Andrew. Better. better. I'm going to say worse personally. Oh, fuck. Okay. I'm surprised that you've been saying better this long. After <laughs> That's true. I, I like Amos and Andrew, though. It's a good movie. <laughs> Trapped in Paradise. Better. 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 Astro Boy. Better. 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 Deadfall. Better. 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 Lord of War. George has seen that one. I'm going to say worse, personally. <laughs> oh, yeah, God. All right. Well, you know, we'll give you we'll give you a chance for this one, George. What do you think? I think it's better. Yeah, I, I agree. That's, I agree. I it's, it's better. better. And The Wicker Man. Worse. Better. Better. All oh. right. Well, that puts it at the very top of the list. Oh, we man. Might as well no, Taylor is going to wow. love rehashing this. You know, I'm going to say, though, I will say I did like Wicker Man more. But as a movie, as a better movie, it is better quality wise. I will say that. Mm. Although the um, Wicker Man remake is hilarious. No one can deny that. It is a very yeah, fun Yeah, it's movie. fantastic. It's fun. I, That's a fun one. Well, uh, I guess that wraps it up. That's everything we have. Hell yeah. That's so, a wrap. Uh, uh, George comes so we, on and we record a 10 hour episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, wait. I remember the other one was long too. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, it was. But. Yeah. Uh, well, George, you got a lot to say, and I appreciate that. Oh, yes. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're a fantastic guest. You're fucking great. Dude. I'm an opinionated um, guy. Yes. And we love that and shit. Trust me. You you have a fantastic podcast, uh, Best Little Whorehouse in Philly. If you don't listen, do it. Anything? Go. Is there anything else that uh, you would like to plug? I mean, just, uh, you know, follow me on Twitter at Little Horror PHL. It's a, it's a really fun show. We talk about the best horror movie ever made, according to our guest, at least. And uh, I agree for the duration of the episode that it's the best horror movie ever made. So it's just a real nice time. We have a lot of fun uh, being positive about movies. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. And uh, Jess, stop being a coward and go on the podcast. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, I yeah. will. I got to figure There's out gotta a movie to go on There's got to be some Kevin Spacey movie that God fits. damn you. <laughs> I was thinking about maybe going out there for Godzilla. I don't know if you can Ooh. call that a horror movie. And I don't I know. Would absolutely. It, first of all, it's a monster movie. Second of all, we've already set the precedent that it's allowed because uh, we have done Shin Godzilla. So they oh, true. Yeah. Okay. But uh, so, yeah, uh, check out George's podcast. Uh, George, feel free to come on again on the future. Hell yeah, yeah man. Again. 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 I'd be very happy to. And I love Nick Cage. 
and I love this show. And oh, it's, yeah, it's a thanks, big culture dude. shock to have someone coherent on this podcast. So, <laughs> I, and I'm, uh, I'm going to appreciate you. I'm going to say George Take all that, honesty. Jeff, Liz, and Nathan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you're on the next episode, I'll watch Rumblefish again, and I'll give you my more honest opinion. Okay. Wow. Or I, I should say love, a reassessment. A reassessment. Sure, yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, also, follow Cage Fight on Twitter at CageFightPod. Uh, support us on Patreon, maybe, if you like what we're doing at Cage Fight Podcast. And having just spoken on Godzilla, I guess the first thing I can mention here is we're going to have a special um, Patreon-only series where we go through uh, the Godzilla versus King Kong bracket, where it will be Godzilla movies and King Kong movies heading up against each other. And, yeah, and uh, we'll see who wins that. Uh, some people oh, might yeah. say, uh, why are you doing a Godzilla versus Kong bracket uh, uh, on a, the uh, Patreon of a Nicolas Cage podcast? Let me tell you one thing. You know who's the king and loves giant lizards? Nicholas Cage. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. He, loves, he loves Godzilla. But uh, in all seriousness, yeah, we're going we're gonna to have some uh, some fun stuff coming up on the Patreon. It's probably not going to be very Cage-related, maybe in some cases. Um, but yeah. uh, we just like uh, to shoot the shit. So yeah, sometimes we want to yeah, talk about rules. other things. Yeah, that rules, and I'm really looking forward to it. I, I love Godzilla personally, so I uh, yes. am really excited to hear that. George is a huge Godzilla stand, so uh, I'm sure he'll be on again soon if – he doesn't block us as soon as he disconnects. <laughs> Yo, do I get to plug some shit? Oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, you plug, some plug, plug some shit. I'm going to drop a song right after I get done with this podcast. So by the time this comes out, it will have been out for like right. several weeks. Old news, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, which, uh, which song Actually, are you Actually, um, it's called Change Your Mind, and uh, Purvis Romperost and John Kitt's Fist Cannon um, of <laughs> National, National Pleasure? Pleasure actually played on this and are credited Ooh, legitimately. Oh, shit. Hell yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, Hell yeah. You know, tune if you're if you're a big fan of the band, you know, and I know a lot of people are. <laughs> you know, tune uh, in. Dave, is the is the full album available, or is that? Um, it's gonna be available April second. Awesome. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, I have physical copies done already that I'm selling for seven bucks. And oh shit! You know, um, pretty good. Uh, pretty good price when you consider how much a CD usually cost yeah, in like, 1998. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, I listened to the one song that Jess directed the music video for, and it's fucking rock. Time kept rolling on. It's a bopper. And speaking of that, there's another music video that I directed for the album for a song called Chrysler TC that should be out um, probably by the time this releases. I'm yeah. going to guess. In the next three I've, years. When this I fell face comes first out. in the snow making that video, and it's all for you. Yes. Hell yeah. <laughs> I personally cannot wait. Yeah. All right. All right, Hell gang. Yeah. Join us next time. Yes. For the next time, we will be doing Honeymoon in Vegas versus The Frozen Ground. Oh, Ooh, two movies I've heard of. Let me tell you something. Honeymoon in Vegas, I have not heard of The Frozen Ground. Let me tell you where there's not frozen ground. Vegas. So these (laughs) movies are polar opposites. Um, Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Catch us next time. Hell yeah. Game over, yeah. Bye-bye.